Talk Live. Yes, just like Bill and Ted, it's my triumphant return. I demand to speak to the woman. <laughs> well, you'll have to wait. She's not here right now. She did. Uh, no, but uh, I do recall her saying something like, uh, you know, the captain's not here, blah, blah, blah. So I'm taking over. So it's it's definitely Bonnie's world, and we're just living in it. Just was ask it people host- about that one. Was it a hostile takeover? No, no, no. It was actually uh, helpful to me because uh, I was telling you guys before the show tonight that uh, at first, when I was getting sick, I was just thinking it was like a regular ass flu. It is flu season, and 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 I say that because when I had the COVIDs, uh, you know, before it like you know was really like studied or at least or known mutated. about and that kind of thing. Um, when I had it, uh, it was like the flu, a little more intense, uh, but my symptoms were completely out of order from like a normal flu. Mm. Normally, I would get, I would start with like a. You know, a, a runny nose, uh, and then some sneezing, and then some coughing, and then the incessant face leaking. You know, where you go through a couple boxes of tissue, uh, and the then nasal sounds faucet. like a fun Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, and then and then of course it migrates into your lungs. Now I was a smoker for a really long time. Uh, I've been quit for over a decade, so like hopefully you know I've got some healing uh, that has happened since then. That's that's the fable they say. Uh, the first five years after you quit smoking, your your lungs uh, tend to heal themselves at least as much as they can, depending on how much damage you did. But I still, because I was a smoker for so long, when it goes into my lungs, it really goes into my lungs. It feels like bronchitis, right? And then it just sort of hangs out there for a while. And then it's the coughing and the, the coughing up the lung cookies, the lung butter, if you will. And I, I did have like blood in my loogies. Right? Uh. So that was new, right? But... Uh, up until that point, I was just like, yeah, this is just like a regular seasonal cold flu kind of thing. And then I lost my sense of taste for three days. Oof. And that's how I knew I had the COVID the first time was like my sense of taste just went away. Uh, and I was like, well, this sucks. I can't taste anything. Right. Uh, and so that happened again. And so I stayed away for the, the requisite, uh, you know, almost two weeks. Uh, so, it, you know, I came down with it on, you know, a week ago, Tuesday or whatever, and so I missed all of last weekend's shows, uh, thanks to you guys uh, and uh, Bonnie and Steve Classic and Off Grid Angie as well uh, for you know doing the job uh, and uh, having Bonnie fill in uh, or take over, take over, take over, or take over, uh, as it were. Uh, contrary to popular opinion, no, I'm not dead, or if <laughs> if I were, I've been resurrected. So fake news, fake news. Bonnie. Contrary to what you may have heard on the radio, yeah. On uh, this exact show. <laughs> I'm here, and this is where I am. I'd just like to issue that correction. <laughs> oh, man. It was not fun. Like, I did not have fun. I, I There was a three-day stretch, different from the three-day loss of taste, where I just slept, basically, for three days. I only had one moment of... I'm not, I'm not sure how to describe it. Uh, delusion. Like Ooh. when I when I had COVID the first time, I had these weird periods of like reality and dreams and thoughts, you know, like daydreaming, just sort of meshing into each other to where I wasn't like I was having this sort of dream slash daydream that something had happened. And I was like, oh, man, I got a text so and so about this. 
And I actually reached for my phone and picked it up and began texting to it. And then, like, as my brain sort of became aware that I was awake now and not in this lucid dream or whatever, I was like, wait a minute, that was a dream. That didn't happen. What the hell am I doing? Right? So I'm I, sending it to him I, anyway. I, no, I, I just <laughs> Let hit, him figure it out. I just hit delete or whatever. So I only had one moment of that as opposed to, like, several moments of that when I had the, the, the COVIDs the first time. So um, I'm significantly better. I, you'll probably hear a little more. A little more Tom Brokaw in my voice tonight. It's a little scratchy. A little, little scratchy, but uh, I, I'm certainly well over the major symptoms. I'm you know, no longer uh, any temperature at all, and I've been free of that for at least three days. You so you're not no longer any temperature? Well, you know, that is any abnormal temperature. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, you're not going to pull a mark and bring it back into the studio? No, and okay. in fact, I don't think it was Mark that we got it from. I'm pretty no, it sure, was Mark. I'm pretty sure it was Michael Hampton. Well, he gave it to Mark. Well, he I gave it to the studio because he came to the studio. Okay. Uh, fresh out of the hospital after one of his All right. visits. And then Mark and I both got it simultaneously. Okay. Well, well I rem- Mark was a couple of days ahead. Of I me. remember sitting in the studio with Mark, who mm-hmm. was sick, and he went, I'm sick. Don't worry. It's not COVID. You know how I know. My cough is not dry. Would you like to see? <laughs> And then a How few, do you see a dry cough? No, you don't. He, he was going to like cough up some mucus uh, for us to see that yeah. it wasn't a dry COVID cough. Yeah. I, right? You know, in retrospect. And then a few days later, you know. In retrospect, I should have taken head. a photo of my bloody loogies because that would have been a good metal band name. Okay. Bloody loogies. Thanks for coming out. We are, especially if you're in like England or something. We are the bleeding loogies. The bloody loogies, right? That'd be a good like yeah, British, you, go. you know, heavy metal band name or something. I'm just thinking because you know they use the word bloody different than us. Sounds more like a punk band name to me. Yeah, okay, I'll take that. Whatever, could be crossover. Could be crossover. You know, they're punk and metal. There you go. Whatever it is. Uh, Either way, you really wish you'd gotten the album cover art. Well, that's kind of it's like Metallica's Load. I'm not going to describe to you what that album cover actually is. You can go look for it yourself and figure it out. But like, it would have kind of been the same ish idea. Just like squashing, self-titled squashing your yeah, album. squashing your bloody loogie and like uh, what are those little glass things that you do in science class? You beaker? The, the, no, those no, two no, no, plates. the ones you put oh, in the, the microscope. Uh, plate. Yeah, 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 those little plate. You just put your loogie on a plate and then squish it with another okay. plate and then zoom in on it, and take a photo of it, and that's your album cover. Got it. You know that would have been cool. Uh oh, what what's the name of the show, Richie? Free Talk Live. What's the telephone number, Peakless? Six zero three. You could call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. Uh, Bonnie likes to say it's talk radio that you control. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't used know to be. That's like, like, do you really control it? I mean, like, you call in and talk about whatever you want, but like, you're not really controlling it. I mean, that's taking. It used to be taking control of the airwaves. You know. Well, no, I think it is. I mean, I've had a lot of times when I wanted to discuss something as a, a co-host, mm-hmm. and we we just don't talk about that. We talk about whatever they call in to talk about, yeah, and that's, that's what true. we're talking about. But then, call in more but often. then smartly, uh, 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 you Sometimes are. Sometimes I do. You are one of the hosts that you call in from time to time. Uh, so we can talk about what I want to talk right, about. Yeah. I'm going to call right, in and so take control of the airwaves. Talk see? radio that Peakless Mountaineer can control. <laughs> as long as it's not on my night. 603 283 6160. In the studio, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Um, Happy Insurrection Day. 
Happy Insurrection Day to all. When, as we know, the domestic terrorist Donald J. Trump led a gunless coup on the nation's capital, thus overthrowing the United States of America. I was going to lead with uh, happy everybody learned what lectern means day. That's fair. Because everybody else, uh, yeah, no one knew what lectern was. They were like, oh, the guy with the podium. No, he didn't grab a podium. He grabbed a lectern. The lectern is the thing that sits on top of a table that looks like a podium. It's like a mini it's podium. It's podium-ish. It's yeah. just a lighter weight. It's a porta-podium. Porta-podium, yeah. yes. That's much precise, yes. <laughs> very, very uh, significant on the point. Much Ar- preciseness. Very wow. Thank Ironically, you. I have two podiums in storage. Po- podii? Podii. <laughs> like, at one point, like, it'd be good to have if we ever wanted to like set up a debate. Right? I'm like, I got two podiums. Oh, yeah. Just, film that. No, and I have a debate just to use the podiums. Right. <laughs> I don't Look even care about the debate podium. itself. Yeah. We should use those for something. They're just sitting in storage, man. And all right, let me think on that. We could at least use them at the uh, fork and pork. Okay. Uh, because there's always like people who are like, there's even like impromptu debates sure. that happen where like, you know, during the fest, there'll be some mild drama and it'll be like, oh yeah, well, Bob, why don't you debate me on this? And, like, oh, and it'll be like, you know, okay, everybody, there's going to be a debate. It's like a... Like a bro down or, a, you know, a I really could just have it handy for when someone just like t- goes off on a tear and they're on this monologue. You just run, grab your podium, put it in front <laughs> of them. If you're, if you're serious about this, right? Like what I really wanted to do a long time ago yeah. was have a full on judged debate and it was going to be like the pointless debate where whatever, whatever you and your buddy were like bickering about, we were going to film it and put it on YouTube or uh, community television or whatever. Yeah. But it was going to be full on. Uh, Lincoln Douglas style over whatever nonsense you had, right? Like the huh. Browns are the best team in the NFL, right? Well, <laughs> let's debate it. You're the affirmative. You're the negative, right? Here, prepare your stuff, and we're gonna we're gonna air this nonsense. Affirmative. You have three minutes to lay out your case. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna come back to the to the Browns thing in just a second because we're taking the Browns to the Super Bowl this year. But uh, n- no, something different oh. than that. Um, we talked about Forkfest and Porkfest, so I just want to remind everybody that you can join liberty, liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 13th through the 16th for the 8th annual Forkfest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Forkfest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. Forkfest happens the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival and is decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your campsite, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, forkfest.party. You can connect with other attendees and uh, join the Forkfest Telegram and the Matrix chat rooms, as well as the Forkfest Forum. Links to those are found at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there June 13th through the 16th, forkfest.party. Uh, and also, and I believe we all know that it's the Detroit Lions that are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay, like they do every year. Also, uh, I'm I'm told that uh, there is a very good chance that Arya Demetso will be out at the we'll call it the end of May of this year. And uh, according to what she's told me, I'm able to correspond with her from time to time electronically. Uh, she fully intends on being at Fork and Pork. So, oh man, awesome! So, We've got to get a campsite and just build a mini jail to remind her of her time while she was gone. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> what a horrible person you are. <laughs> We've got to make sure to nail the food, though. That's that's okay. really. I I, I don't want to like what I've heard is that the food is acceptable. Like it's not you know it doesn't. I don't know what acceptable is anymore. I mean, it provides all the nutrients you need to survive for the day. So it's like that goop on the matrix, right? <laughs> I gotta here's imagine, a bologna sandwich. I gotta imagine the that mm. they're just that all they're doing is just buying a bunch of like white labeled, uh, you know, hungry man dinners, you know, nuking them up and serving them. You know, I uh, wish like, it were that good. Yeah, it's probably I, not even that good. I I don't know, but uh, that's that's the rumor. The rumor is the okay. food is surprisingly adequate, uh, at least in the minimum security facility. I think she's FMC. I don't even know. I don't even know. Whatever you say, man. So anyway, back to the Cleveland Browns for a minute. Um, those of you who know sports ball, or at least uh, football, you know that uh, the Cleveland Browns were one of the OG, the original NFL teams. And then one day, they did a midnight move, literally. They packed up all their crap into a bunch of semi-trucks one very, very late night and moved to Baltimore and became the Baltimore Ravens. And then Cleveland didn't have a team for, I don't know, five, six, eight years, something like that. Hmm. Uh, and then... I forgot about that. And then... And so the Baltimore Ravens are the Cleveland Browns for all intents and purposes as far as the ownership is concerned. And even at the time, the coaches and the players and all that stuff moved from Cleveland to Baltimore. Now, years passed, so that's all, you know, sort of been cycled through. But but for all we know, it could have been the Cleveland Browns that picked this exact team eventually. Well, so then years later, the NFL decides to expand. It wants some new franchises. It wants to make the league bigger. And one of the cities awarded a franchise team was Cleveland. And they, of course, chose the Cleveland Browns because, you know, and so then, like, they had, to, they had to brand. figure out about, like, how the records were going to work because previously the Cleveland Brown records traveled to Baltimore with the Ravens or whatever, this kind of thing. So there was a little bit of a, a bureaucratic no, to do about the whole thing. Just forked the timeline. Yeah. So it literally is. And so, like, whenever the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens play each other, it's called the Bizarro Bowl because the Cleveland or the uh, Baltimore Ravens it's the alternate universe are the of bizarro team. Cleveland Browns. And then the Cleveland Browns aren't even really the Cleveland Browns. They're the new Cleveland Browns. So, you know, you figure it out. You do the math. What really got me, though, knowing all of this, right? Uh, and it's been years since all of that happened. And now it's just, like, kind of funny to, like, people who know the history of it. I, I saw, I just happened to see the other day, uh, uh, it was like a replay on the sports thing or whatever, and uh, the Baltimore Ravens have like a an offensive lineman who's named Cleveland. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, big big long story, uh, not much. I even wish there was a uh, Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I, I wish there was. Well, I wish there was like a Raven. That was player like trademark infringement on, on the Fox. You know, show. a guy yeah, named might be. a guy named Raven who played for Cleveland would sort of balance it out. You know. Anyway, uh, you mentioned Richie Rich that it is uh, lectern day. Okay, or if you want to call that podium day, or I like Happy Insurrection Day. Happy Insurrection because it, it's is like, it an insurrection? No, but well, no. You know, neither but did the Fourth of July that. give us independence. So. Because we're still under the thumb of the government. That's true. I, I have been known to call the 4th of July Dependence Day. There you go. So, we, Surrection Day then? Surrection. <laughs> Outsurrection? Out, in, Whatever. Out, just I just want... I just, I just want it to be celebrated the same way. You know, you say Happy Insurrection Day, you grill some hot dogs, you know, inside because it's cold up here, <laughs> set off some fireworks. Inside because it's cold out here. Sure, why not? You know. 
<laughs> so that's what the mm. snakes are for. I always wondered. Yeah, Insurrection Day. looks not, like poo not, as you light it on fire. Yeah. But it's relatively safe to do indoors. The what? spinning flowers. What? 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 What's safe to do indoors? Lighting poo on fire? No, no the snakes. Oh, the oh those, fireworks. That yeah, light. I hate those. Those are like those are the most disappointing like thing you set on fire around the Fourth of July. Yeah. Like the only thing like no, you know what's not even no. I was gonna say those uh, those snap it things, those little pop pops. Yeah, they look like mm-hmm. they look like dry sperm or those something. Those are for kids. You, you chuck them on the ground, they go pop. Sewer so snakes. You know? Okay, so what is what's wrong with the captain? Well, many things. Honestly, the <laughs> where do we start? What is yeah? Wrong no, with the, the, the pop pops are so much more fun. Than yeah, the I was I was gonna say that like the only thing I could think of that's more lame. No, wait, they're not. Uh, we <laughs> they're we not once more lame. We once unwrapped all the pop pops and was like putting it in a little Ziploc bag that we were gonna explode later. Yeah, and then my little cousin wanted to help, and so he was like, he was helping for a good long time. Okay, until he accidentally like dropped one too hard and just blew the whole bag up right on the t- picnic table that we were working on. Are you guys, uh, either of you, old enough to remember caps? Mm-hmm. Like for cap guns? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, roll of gun. red with the little yeah with know, caps, with the little little you know mark in the middle. Yeah. Now uh, I was poor, so I didn't have an actual gun to put this roll of caps in. Mm. So I got to sit on the front step, which was concrete of the apartment building in which I lived, and then I had to borrow a hammer from like a neighbor because well we didn't even have a hammer. And then I also got to hit myself in the thumb repeatedly while trying to, you know, make these things go pow, right, as I hit them one after the other. There was the belt-fed one and the revolver one, too. That would just... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember other kids having that. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I got over it. Not really. <laughs> got to tell you, as one of those kids, it was awesome. Yeah, thanks. We're going to have to get Captain the pop gun <laughs> Cap for Yeah. <gun>. <laughs> Um, Pirate uh, to the Caribbean captain. <laughs> Different captain. Oh, sorry. That's got to be the, like the most dangerous place on earth to play with a cap gun, though. Where? Porkfest? Yeah. Okay. Because everyone is actually armed. Right. Yeah, I mean, everyone's like, armed and somebody's on acid. That's if why. <laughs> if you've fired, you know, a real firearm, you know the difference between that sound and the sound of a cap going on. Unless okay. you're on acid. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. 22s are pretty weak. That's true. They are. Uh, yeah, comparable amount of noise there. Maybe. We, it's yeah. been a while since I heard a cap gun. We do have uh, an article from the Epic Times, and it is titled, An Explainer of January 6th, and it's Aftermath. Aftermath. Now. Um, Still feeling it today. Is this a mansplainer? I, I haven't read this article, so okay. I don't know. Did you read it? Uh, I skimmed it. I, I don't know if I'd call it a okay. mansplainer. All right. But, I mean, you're going to be the one reading it now. So I am any, a man. Any woman listening. And I'm going this to explain this to you. So, Any leftist female still listening to the show. <laughs> Close your, your legs and ready. listen up. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to spread your knees properly in order to mansplain. Dear FCC. Sure I, was, I was told once that, um, like, like, you could identify, uh, like, a man in disguise uh, like if he was wearing a dress, like trying to get away from something, he okay. could identify a man in disguise by like just chucking something that would land relatively in his lap. Okay. And if if he closed the legs, it was a dude, and if he opened the legs, he was a chick because the chicks. It's actually used to, a scene from uh, Tom Sawyer. Yeah, chicks used to they would open so that the dress could catch whatever was falling. Ah. 
in it, whereas the men would wear pants, and so they want to close their legs to catch whatever was falling. Interesting theory. And uh, I've seen this in a couple of different places besides the Tom Sawyer as well. In uh, hey, Mark I, Twain did it first. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I I believe that's at least where, it, in my mind, it originated from. It may have originated before that, though, because he had to observe it in order to write it, right? Maybe so, he was on acid and observed it in a dream. <laughs> and never the twain shall meet. Oh. Either way, it's a good theory. Jared, or just drop something in front of them and let them pick it up. It's like chicks have a lower center of gravity, so they're better at those things. Do they really? Yeah. Huh. Generally. Well, I've been mansplained. Okay. Thanks, Richie. You're welcome. <laughs> January 6, 2021. Really? It's been that long ago? Three years. Uh, and they're still talking about it. Will forever be still a, the fallout. a prominent part of American history in ways that few people fully realize. I believe it's called Aftermath. It was most certainly a fork in the road, according to the subheadline. It was a day of infamy. Worse than Pearl Harbor, 9-11, or even the Civil War, Americans were told. I, I, I don't they were being, told. I don't, I mean, they were told. It's not true, but they were told. That is such horse hockey. You're right. They were lied to, but they were still told. <laughs> like, there was nothing about the guided tour of the Capitol on January 6th that resembled Pearl Harbor, 9-11, or even the Civil War. There, there was broken windows and people trying to climb through it and getting I shot. Watched and like, that's about- I watched like three different, three separate YouTube feeds of this thing from like people on the ground okay. who were there. I watched whatever. I watched. Oh well, it there's your problem. Work. You watched actual people with actual footage. What you were supposed to do is turn on CNN and let them tell you what happened. Yeah, well, I don't trust the let crim- them criminal, explain it to criminal you. news network. Nor do I do I trust Faw News, F A U X. Phonies. Phonies, yeah. Uh, Here's what I saw. I saw grandfathers with canes going, don't you dare, like, you know, old man shakes fist at cloud. They were climbing walls, shaking fences. I did see some some scaling of of walls and thought, huh. It's the most dangerous day in American history. I thought, huh, that looks like fun. (laughs) Until you get arrested for it. 603-283-6160. We'll talk more about the the somethingversary? Uh, insurrection Insurrectiversary? Insur- yeah. Here on Free Talk Live. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
Welcome back to Free Talk Live. Live from New Hampshire. It's Saturday night. He says with a little extra broca in his voice. I don't know what. I don't know if that's even true. Do, do I sound more broca or do I sound more like Peter Jennings or a little more Walter Cronkite? Perhaps I'm. I'm not even sure if the only one I can hear in my head is broca, and I would not say broca. Okay. All right. Well, either way, I got a little extra something going on in there. Thank you, COVIDs. Uh, although, I have to say that, like, I had the COVIDs the first time. And, I mean, it was, it, it took me out. You know what I mean? It put me down for you know, a good, almost two weeks. Right? right. This time was, I was over the major symptoms in probably six days. Right. With the, with the hang-on right. symptoms for another, you know, I don't know, five days or something like that. Um, but it wasn't nearly as crippling. Like, I was able to function, I was able to check in on the show and, you know, even fix a couple of things as, as it went wrong, even though I wasn't here physically, you know, that kind of a thing. So I was able to, to check in on stuff and, you know, maintain and, and that kind of a thing. I wasn't, I wasn't ever, like, incapacitated so much, although I did get a call from uh, Mr. Ian Freeman, uh, and I had uh, freshly medicated myself, uh, if you know what I mean. And so that was an interesting uh, phone call. There was some, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I'm like, sorry, dude, here, let me repeat what I'm trying to get at, you know, because I, I was freshly medicated, mm. um, but that was, that was probably the most, uh, if there was an obstacle, right? That was, right. The, that was the largest obstacle for me to hurdle. Uh, and it occurs to me too, that right before I got sick, I did receive a shipment, something I ordered on amazon.com from China. I dun, think you got dun, it from China. Dun. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's weird. Fresh from the Wuhan lab. Here's your order with COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't know, right? It'd be really surreptitious if they put it in like the COVID tests. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, do we ship this guy the COVID package or the non-COVID package? Would you like to sit in the COVID section or the non-COVID section? Don't give them ideas, man. I'm actually surprised they didn't do that in the first they, place. They, they almost did with the vaccine cards. Well, no, they, they kind of did with the... Uh, the, yeah, the, the non-COVID section was your home. Okay. Well, no, they, they did that thing with the whole, like, well, you can't eat inside, but you can eat outside, so here, let's build another inside-outside so that you're not eating inside. <laughs> right. That was dumb. Yeah. That was kind of like, that was definitely the COVID section. Okay. Right, if you will. The non-COVID section was just unoccupied. Apparently. All right. Uh, oh, that's weird. Something strange in the neighborhood? Yeah. Apparently a ghost made him lose his tab. No, a, oh, no. A, a technical thing happened, and I had to untechnical it. And so now that I've done that, I saw something, and then a now, flash of brilliance. And then now, and no, pass the captain by once again. Well, <laughs> as as he does want to do. And now I see a totally different thing. So uh, let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? You're live on the radio. Hey, bud. Uh, yeah, I'm just a listener, but I just wanted to tell you if you can, uh, you're having, it's like you're playing a live show over a tape show on the FM channel, and I'm just getting some weird stuff. Really? So it's playing both of them ahead, simultaneously. Uh, yes. What's, yes, uh, playing together. What station yeah. are you listening to? 
uh, 100.7 in Columbia, South Carolina. 107 Columbia, South Carolina. All right. What do we do? Well, I'm going to notify some wizards. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just didn't know if y'all was aware. You know, I mean, it, it could be a local thing. I don't know, but it's just, we were not aware. Drive me crazy. Yeah, you know? no, we were not aware right. that, that was happening. We appreciate the notification, and uh, thank okay, you for the well, call. I appreciate what you do, bud. Y'all, y'all have a good night. All right, thanks. Thank you. So from what I understand, the standard method for uh, notifying wizards of anything is that you tell it to a butterfly. Is it? Okay. It worked for Gandalf. Oh, okay. And the butterfly will deliver the message to the wizard? Yep. Okay. Yep. Or from the wizard, in this case, to the eagles. Is it only Gandalf, though, or does that work with, like, Merlin or Why would you want to get a hold of any other wizard? I don't know. Aren't there wizards with specialties? if only Gandalf can do this, I mean... You think they're not gonna? You think they're not gonna catch up on that gap? You think Merlin's just gonna sit back and let Gandalf be the only one that can talk to people via butterfly? No, I think the enemies are gonna send off little moth-looking butterflies to intercept the message and, you know, trick Gandalf. Mm. We received the message, but it's been intercepted and decoded. So you think he's gonna he's gonna have a uh, a butterfly that says, uh, "I am a Nigerian prince." And uh, if you will just send me this money. Or more, we I got word from the president account. to launch the nukes, right? And, you know, Gandalf goes, well, the butterfly told me. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, the, you know, if the butterfly delivered the message, like, you know, all it's All right, legit. unleash Mordor. Right, there you go. Yeah. Oh, we got to keep going? <laughs> we, we're getting the wrap-up music. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this, because I don't know how long this is going to take. But apparently, we have unfinished business. Mm. On the, on the concept of rights, uh, as we were discussing last week, prior to Bonnie declaring victory and then moving along. Mm. So when we got here, we picked up the discussion and then started the show and kind of tabled the discussion to, to do live radio. Um, you have the, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, because we're on the air, I'm going to say you have the, what I'm going to call um, the lawnmower conception of property rights. Like I mowed the grass. Therefore, this is mine. So the idea that property comes from mixing your labor with nature. Right. And mowing the grass is sufficient. Mixing of labor with nature. It is one of an infinite number of examples of mixing your labor with nature. Yep. And my conception is more so that it must be defended. And when when I got to the studio, I said that... So, which makes sense for you not believing in rights, because, okay... (laughs) If there's no difference between a world with rights and a world without rights, then how would you say that they exist? And with with your conception of it, I believe it's more like hanging out the sign out front that says this is a gun-free zone, right? Or guns not allowed here. Well, right. so here's the difference. So we're going to go ahead and assume that you and I would rather not be shooting each other if we don't have to. Well, we would assume that. Mostly it, because one of us probably has a friend that would be upset by that and might come after us. Right. So if you and I had some dispute over, that's my cell phone. No, that's my cell phone. And then I can say, well, here's my receipt. Okay. Whereas if you go, well, sure, that's your receipt, but I can prove that you stole that money. And then it goes, okay, well, then that would invalidate the claim that that's my cell phone because I stole the money to buy it. Uh, The whole idea being that at some point, somebody mixed their labor with nature before anyone else did. And that's what gave them the first claim to the thing. And 
I suggested that is insufficient because someone... So now, the other way of looking at this is, okay, well, I can prove that I bought this cell phone. It's like, yeah, but you bought it with stolen money. Yep, I sure did. Or, by another view, I stole this cell phone. That makes it my rightful property, in as much as any right exists under your framework. Because I am capable of defending it. No one is currently stealing this from me, therefore it is mine. Yes. Yes, and that's retarded. That only leads to more and more conflict. Because then, instead of wanting to produce things of value for other individuals so that they willingly exchange things uh, for what I've produced, instead, I just want to specialize in the ability to kill as many people as possible. You won't get far Because I will be more effective at defending property if I'm more capable of killing instead of helping. Okay. And what I, I'm going to go back because now you're doing like the, the, uh, scooter thing where you just keep going on and on, uh, your, your metrics for establishing property from the beginning is insufficient. And the example that I gave last week was wanting to keep a section of property pristine, right? Like I just, I want to, I want this river, this hill, this rock Right to to be as it is because that's the way that I. You're right. It does preclude the very concept of owning unaltered nature. Right. Yep. Yep. That's that's the trade off. Now that's not the trade off I'm willing to make. Well, what you get in exchange for that is the possibility of consistency. And I would disagree with that because if if I want to keep it pristine, so like by your view of what people ought to and not ought to uh, be recognized as owning. You should do everything that the government tells you. No, you should defend it against the government. But let me let me make my case. I, I was quiet for you to, to go on and on and drone on about cell phones and whatnot. If I want to keep the land pristine, I should be able to do that. And your view of, well, if I come along and mow you the grass, it automatically becomes mine. Uh, that, in my view, introduces conflict. And you, in your opening statement, established that we're both trying to set up a system that avoids conflict. And the easiest way to avoid conflict under the system of like, well, it's mine because I've, I've declared it to be so and I can defend it, is just to recognize it as mine instead of trying to establish an alternative claim to it like you would. Okay, and, and so, if you what is the, to, so what are the rules for what you can and cannot claim then? That which you can and cannot defend. Like, that's it. If you can defend it, Against so then I don't even know what you have and haven't claimed until you shoot me for mowing the grass. No, because again, you're you're assuming that everything wants to go to violence, and I'm saying this is a better way to, to, okay. to remedy that. So if you've decided this particular woods, these are my woods, yep. I own them, I'm keeping them natural, yep. and I really want to get some of that wood that's right there that no one's using. Yep. Okay, and I go. Hey, how, how are we go, supposed to not be at conflict? Then? I go. I go. Hey, Peakless, like I've, these are my woods. I Why are pre- they yours? Because I've declared it to be so, and you want to be peaceful, and I want to be peaceful. So I go, Peakless. Those are my woods. You know, I've, I want to keep them pristine. And you go, Oh, sorry, bro. I didn't know that these were yours. Oh, well, I'm not going to chop anything. I claimed anything those down. woods before you did. And then now we're we're at conflict, regardless of whether or not there's grass growing that needs to be mowed down. Because the criminal that would uh, would override that and insert conflict 
is going to insert conflict you, whether or not you mowed the grass. How do you know it's right or not? Like, maybe I did actually claim that forest before you did. Okay. And that's, and that's exactly the conflict that is avoided by going not to just first claim, but to first alteration. By first mixing your labor with that nature, that is an objectively observable phenomenon, whereas, oh, I claimed it. But it precludes, again, it precludes any ability to keep things pristine. Whereas respect for other people's property, which I hope you would do, right, and respecting other people's claims to property, however, however however or not that is recorded, right, go to to the local property registrar and go, yeah, yeah, look, he, he claimed it. Right, you you could set that system up. It's not necessary, right? You go like, well, this is Rich's woods. You you go three yards to the left. You can have all the wood you want, right? But three yards to the right, you're infringing, right? And if and if you don't respect it, then we're at conflict. Just as much so if you okay. If you so mowed then the grass, my incentive is to bribe the clerk. If you mowed the grass and I'm not going to respect it, again, it's like putting up a sign up that says this is a gun free zone. Like, I don't care that you've mowed the grass. I'm still going to assert my claim against it. And then we're still in conflict. Your solution doesn't remedy any of the conflict. Well, it just pretends to remedy it so by putting up it a sign that says no is conflict. That with zone. this, there is a possible way to remain out of conflict. With your system, there is no possible way to remain no, out of conflict. No, you remain out of conflict by going like, okay, I respect that this is yours and you want to keep it pristine. Like, that's, that's the non-governmental intervention. Right, it's I. I see that you have claimed this. I'm not going to infringe because okay, so I'm the not a limitation dick. on. So there's no way of knowing how much property you can claim until you are forced to prove that you can defend it. There's no way of knowing what you are and are not capable of defending until I test that. So don't test it. Or test it. So if you how, want to get into conflict, test it. If you don't want conflict, don't test right, it. But how does one know how much property you are capable of defending? In the first place, like if you claim, you know, I have this five acre, you know, patch of property, right? Yep. Just for a recognizable number, uh, a figure of measure that, you know, is sure. common, right? You've got five acres of property, right? Yep. Uh, I have no idea which five acres are yours. You're correct. You don't. Uh, so how am I to know that in advance of mm, trespassing? Again, or maybe, I, maybe I register it with a third party. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just inform you that you're trespassing. Mm hmm. Right. Maybe I have signage marked, you know, to to keep it pristine. I put like markers around it. Right. That everything within this I've is seen pristine. This. So it still puts everyone in the position where their incentive is to get as much killing power as possible and then take over as much land as possible because it is then rightfully theirs. And in your case, all they have to do is mow the grass and it's the same situation. Whoever mows the most grass owns the most property is equally ludicrous. Whoever then. produces the most labor owns the most property. By yes, mowing the grass. Correct. Okay. Mowing the grass is A, among infinite number of sure. ways I mean, but I, sufficient, of mixing like, your labor with property. But sufficient. Uh, help, right. Help a layman yeah. out here. Like, like Yes. What my what my system incentivizes is labor. But labor's of not, all varieties. But labor's not the be all end all. Busy work is not productive value either. Help a layman out here. I I have Help a, a uh, I have a, uh, a a a driveway, and then next to my driveway is the neighbor's driveway. Mm-hmm. And if I got my snowblower out because you know we're getting you know, a couple feet of snow or whatever, and I as a courtesy as a neighborly thing decide yeah I'm gonna 
I got the thing out, gassed up, ready to go already anyway, and like it's just it's you know not even that big a deal. I go over and I snow blow the neighbor's driveway. Mm-hmm. Do I now own the neighbor's driveway? No. Why because not? he did it first. He mixed his labor with nature first. By putting up the driveway. Right. So I mean, you can tell the difference the between like he didn't put it up, right? Either way. Okay. It's a traceable either claim. way. Right. So like you can tell the difference between the woods and the driveway. But how many how many times somebody mixed their labor with nature? How many times thus must, altering it? How many times must I snow blow the neighbor's driveway and or mow the neighbor's lawn until that property becomes mine? It doesn't. It never does. Okay, so you guys can agree on this. What are you arguing about? I think you should be able to keep land pristine. And his well, system doesn't he thinks allow that the, He thinks that the measurement of whether you have a rightful claim to something is whether or not you can defend it. And I think that is only going to ask for conflict. Because if your neighbor, if you, if you wanted your neighbor's driveway, right, and you're a criminal, right, it doesn't matter that he put up the driveway, you're just going to take it. And if he doesn't defend it from you taking... It's and still if going we, to become yours. And if we have no social agreements about you can't just take people's stuff. It's a social agreement. You can already do that with pristine land. That's part of it. It's that social agreement not to infringe on another man's claim that you seem insistent on infringing upon in the name of, well, I'm just going to take it all because I'm bigger and stronger. And that's that's how some people in society operate. And those are the people that need to be defended against. Okay, not, well, not the res- common, not the common respectful members okay. of society who so will honor another man's Either claim. side of it, whether you're a good person or a bad person, whether you're trying to get more land, a or, good person's not going to infringe, or whether you are just trying to defend your pristine land. In either case, you are incentivized to be a part of the biggest gang you possibly can. No, you don't have to be a part of any gang. If people are respectful, okay. if people are if respectful, someone of property, decides that that is theirs and they have a bigger gang than you, then it's theirs. Then you defend against it. That's the whole point of having a bigger gang than you is that you can't defend against a bigger gang. You can't do that anyway. You can't do that in your system anyway because the bigger gang is going to take over whatever claim, bribe the clerk who's got the records of this is Peakless's mowed grass. And so you're going the, to lose it well, anyway. here's the difference. Because so you sign that says gang-free zone if that doesn't gang, apply to them. Right. So in my system, I've, I have this property, whatever it is. Whatever it is. That I've mixed my labor with nature. You've mixed your labor with it. Right. The now, gang comes to take it from you. Right. And now, you do what? Well, so here's the difference. Nope. You do what? Answer my question. The gang comes to your property, your mowed grass, Again, we're, we're, and says, this is mine. We're assuming in this case that it is more than I can defend against, because it's a bigger gang than me. Then they're going to take it anyway. Would you please let me just say this one thing? One thing. Okay. The difference is that other people can then not respect their right to that stolen property. You can do that so in my they, system. So w- That's your one no, thing. No, you absolutely cannot. You can cannot. do that in this system. You absolutely cannot. Because your neighbors are going they, to respect your property. No, because they have they have defended it, which gives them the highest right. And since defense of property is the only thing that gives you a right to property in your system, then they have every right to then sell parcels of that newly stolen property. Or have it stolen back by anybody who's willing. They have to be able to defend it. It would be gone just as soon as they got it by someone else willing to claim it. Even if that someone is you on the rebound, licking your wounds, coming back with your neighbor's support. 
if you want to avoid conflict, you don't put up the, you don't do those barriers. You just respect other people's rights. And putting up a sign that says "gang free zone" well, and what right doesn't would, stop the gang. And what right would you respect? The claim, the claim to the property in whatever in whatever form it so may. So you're still putting a claim above the actual ability to defend. No, because you have to defend the claim. You claim it. Most people respect it. You have those people like you who well, won't respect it. In, in order to defend a thing, it has to be claimed, right? Well, okay, sure. Why not? Okay. So you claim like this. This is my pristine property. This is my one acre. Whatever one acre. Is, one right? acre. Yeah. I, I want to keep it the way it is. Yep. I like the woods. I like the way the stream flows. Yep. I like the bugs being able to go in the grass that's growing naturally. Yep. Right. This is my one acre. I like the annual mosquitoes from the standing water. Right. Now, now a gang. Now this is my one acre. I keep it pristine. Yep. A gang comes to take it. I defend it. Okay. Or I don't defend it. Yep. If I don't defend it, the gang takes it. Okay. Right. In in his property system, I mow that grass and a gang comes to take it. And I'm in unable to defend it, even though on paper I have this right to it. I have a right. This is mine. You are not allowed to take it. Has never stopped a criminal in the history of all criminality. Well, they will take it. So here's here's the and difference. And then what do you do once they take it? Well, and here's the difference, is how long you can keep that up. So now, if everyone recognizes that that newly stolen property is their rightful property and helps them just as much and trades with them just as much as if they hadn't stolen, if that's the basis of ownership, then they can keep doing that. Whereas, if people don't trade with that guy because he's an a-hole... Because he's not respecting the basic idea of, well, no, that guy actually put work into this. That's and then already you came possible. along and took it. That's already possible in my setup. He's got the, the newfound gang who claims it doesn't doesn't automatically get to trade with anybody in the neighborhood. Yeah, no, the only difference is that I require that your claim be backed up with putting something into it. Instead and of just, I get to claim whatever I can take from other people. It's not what you can take from other people. They will defend against it. It's incentivized right, against that's it. called taking, is when they defend against it and fail. Yeah, and then they can come back and anybody else can take it back. It's not, it's not like they're going to maraud through, right, and all, oh, because you stole it from Bill, we're going to trade with you. No, they don't want you infringing on them. They're going to stop you. Yeah, this is one of the... Uh the things that uh, a centralized bureaucracy, uh, I'm loath to say, uh, helped humans with, right, is is the registration of things. Yeah, we don't need right? that anymore, though. We have blockchain. Right, I understand that. Uh, but My what I'm pristine saying is land that, registered on the blockchain. Right. H- historically, it would be, uh, hey, uh, you know, Richie Rich has purchased this one acre of pristine land from... You know, a bill over here. Whatever. And, well, okay. Uh, and they exchanged so some money, and so they they you know made a certificate or whatever, and they you know lodged it with the local registrar and or the blockchain, depending on what time you're in. And a criminal is still not going to recognize that if they want to take it from you. Correct. Okay. So you so, have to be able to. So if it, it is equal in claim in validity to you claim this particular forest or you claim all of North America then it's incentivizing someone to claim what they can't actually defend and just see if everyone falls for it. Well, that would be that would be wise, and I doubt anyone would fall for it. Uh, however, comma, 
let's just say this gang takes over. And like you, tried- you, you slippery slope all the way down to the most absurd, so the the most absurd final solution. A gang takes everything. over. It's ridiculous. A gang takes over your one acre. You attempt to defend it and fail. You fail. Right. Maybe you don't die or whatever, but you fail sure. to defend it and they take it. What is to prevent them from, you know, uh, using your land for their will at this point? At this point, nothing, but they're going to do that anyway. No, I, I disagree. There is stuff to prevent them from using your land for their will. And we could talk about that when we come back. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Where do you fall on this debate? Are you on the peakless side or the Richie Rich side? Give us a call. Let us know. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is a live call-in radio program, nationally syndicated. We're on some some satellite channels somewhere, somehow, and we're also on the internet at freetalklive.com. You can choose how you want to listen. Sometimes on one local radio station, twice at the same time. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we're so good, we even get played twice at the same time. That's right. Which seems to have been resolved. It seems a, to have been resolved. I, I'm that's not, just how much hunger for the content people have. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, a caller called in and was like, hey, it sounds like there's two things playing at the same time. And so uh, I summoned some wizards. They checked some things. I checked some things. And uh, it seems to have been resolved. I can not confirm that, however. But uh, if you are playing us twice, well, thanks. But also try not to do that. Uh, 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to join us Uh, before we took a break we were talking about uh, a scenario where Richie Rich had uh, one acre of land Uh, a gang came uh, to take it away from him he was unable to defend it it, and uh, he was like well there's nothing I can do well, well, you can scream, like, I have a right, okay. right, and it changes nothing. Or, like, one of the things about property, uh, pre-government, right, let's go to, like, Old West days, right, was that, you know, it was recognized by everybody in the existing community. Oh, that's that's the Richie Rich Ranch over here. As it and still can be. And that's the piece. So Whether if, or not I mow the grass. If a gang came along and you know took your ranch your one acre yep. right and you failed to defend it the rest of the community could still come together and go hey look this gang came from out of town and they took Richie Rich's ranch 
let's all not do any business with him. Yeah, that's what I said. Right, et cetera, and so on. So there are things but that can that's be done. that's impossible in this scenario. Well, no, if, if the only thing that is, if the measurement of whether the claim is legitimate or not is simply whether or not they can defend it, then they are now the new owners rightfully. You know, not I, think, rightfully, I think it's... Not rightfully. I think yes. They have both. to defend it. Right. I think it's both things. Yes. I think both... You have to be able to defend it, and your community has to recognize that it's yours. I've said that. That's my my whole proposition from the from the beginning, right? Rights, property rights in particular, but rights are one of two things: that which everyone agrees upon, or that which you can defend against. That's it. That's my claim. I don't think it's a, like in this case. I don't think it's an or. I think it, it's both. I well, think, I think if, you're, if in your the community case of, if your community recognizes it, right. you don't have to defend it. Because everyone well, recognizes And here's the difference. My system, we have something that we can ultimately agree upon. No, Whereas with yours, with yours, any time where someone proves that they are more capable of defending that property than the current claimant, then we have to go, oh, well, that's theirs now. You don't have to go, oh, that's theirs now. You can do what the captain said, come together as a community and take it back. I, I have a, uh, a phrase stuck in my head. Because they have because, to defend it. Because I'm thinking of the Old West, starting up a posse. Right. That's Regulators. Where, yeah, that's where, you know, you and your community Mount get together because somebody came and took Richie Rich's ranch, you know, even though he wasn't able to defend it himself. Right. We recognize right. that's his. Right. We recognize him as a valid part of the community contributing value. So we got to get together now. We got to go over to Richie Rich's property well, and evict this guy. And, and I shouldn't and, have to mow the grass to make that happen. And here's why I'm saying you absolutely should. So the reason that I would want to go help him get his ranch back mm -hmm. Is because the grass. Can I finish a sentence, please? Yeah, go ahead. You sure? Yeah, no, it's going to be the same thing. How magnanimous? Because you mowed the grass. Because we have a system where you mix your labor with nature, and that's how you have the claimant to rights. Well, how do I know it's your ranch? Because you put up the fence. You built that house. You put your labor into this area. Or Before anyone else did, and that's how I know that it's your ranch, and someone can't come along and say, actually, that's been my ranch the whole time, because I can go, no, that was nature, and then he put his labor into it, whereas with your system, it's just as legitimate to say, no, that's my ranch, and I have the, the bigger claim simply because I can defend it. As opposed to, I have the bigger claim because I mowed the grass in the last two weeks. I, I just have this thing in my head that I think if Richie Rich did have a ranch, it would be called Ranchy Ranch. It, it would be Ranchy yes. Ranch. Ranch E Ranch. Yeah. 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 It, it's now going to be called that, yes. Okay. Right. right. All right. Very well. So, like, yeah, the, the, the difference is, like, under your system, how are we supposed to figure out whose property to defend? Like, because I claimed it. I said from from and how do I know that they didn't claim it too from hither to yon and if the so well, how is it long whoever, are, so how is long it have they been gone? first how long have they been an absentee owner of said unclaimed land because like, anybody in the community remember when little Bill was on the land and it was taken from him you know by the Indians or whatever no. They only know that it's mine because for the duration of their existence. So can I claim like that mountain range and then like, well, they took this part from me and they defend that. So that part's theirs now. But the look, rest of the mountain range we, still mine because wow. I had the we, first claim. We talked about this last week. You can absolutely do that. You can make the claim. And if you can get community buy-in. that buy makes in, no sense. If you can get community buy-in, it's yours. 
if you can't get community right. buy-in, it's not yours. Guys, we have to and take. And you can't even get we have table to take a call, buy-in so I'm gonna, between me and I'm the gonna, captain. Yeah, you I'm can pull load an entire mouse. I'm going to pull a page out of Bonnie's book and go, okay, I'm right. You guys are wrong. We're going to move on now. Ooh. <laughs> Let's go to this caller. I believe this is Rob in Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, Rob. These guys are in the middle of a heated debate. What's up with you? Yeah, well, I know I've been sitting here, been listening, and I think that uh, that both of those guys, it's a facile argument. Okay, for one reason, uh, well, uh, why would this gang of thugs want to take Bridges land? Good question, because they want stuff. They're okay, going to so take it regardless. So if I mow the lawn or I don't mow the lawn, they're going to take it. Because it's valuable ranching property that they can then make a lot of money off of selling the beef. Or because okay, they think so, it's shiny. Whatever. So with that being said, okay, uh, that's only going to happen once. Because the rest of the community in that area, not, they're not going to put up with that. They'll hang them. Why shouldn't people. they? If if the new owner is more capable of defending the property than the previous owner, then why shouldn't they put up with that? Because if if they don't come to Richie's defense, those gang of thugs will take their property. And they would have to defend it. Okay. Exactly. How do they know that they, like, what makes this claim more valid than the other claim? Is it their ability to defend, or is it that you did something with it, and then someone came along later? Once they take it, oh, no, they also it. then have to defend it. It's not like, I took it and therefore it's my right, because I, because I took it and mowed the grass, right? Now it's mine because of the grass being mowed. No, they, they also have to defend it. One single gang is not going to maraud across the prairie acquiring property unless the gang Richie's grows sufficiently. Have a deed. Everyone has a deed to their property. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't yeah. even care if so by defense means you get property it's, insurance it's, it's and the insurance company sends out a band of thugs to defend it for you. Right? Exactly. I don't care. Third-party defense is sufficient. You know, but if the community doesn't come to Richie's defense, that part of that community will start losing its land by these dead well, thugs. if this community well, believes, as Richie Rich does, that the ultimate claim of a thing is very simply whether or not you can defend it, then they have no reason to go to his defense because this is the new legitimate owner. But they no, will because they not, don't want to have to defend against their land. land. It's not, no, well, it's, then they don't believe that defense it. is the ultimate property. They do. Because they they're not going to let Then the, why would they take away that property from its new owner? Because he failed to defend it against the community. And why should any one of them bother? Because they don't want to have to defend it on their own. Exactly. It's a facile argument. I don't know what that means. I don't think you're using that word right. At least he knows what it means. Well, maybe. Uh, all right. But, 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 but I, I agree with Richie. As you should. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anything but, else on your mind tonight? That's not the, the reason why I call him. I have some exciting news to share with, with uh, my Judeo Christian brothers here. You just saved a uh, load of money on your car insurance by switching to Geico? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a brand new cannabis store open up here in. We're in Rockingham, Vermont. It's called Rolling Twenties. <laughs> of course it is. 
That's better than uh, the the one uh, that I lived uh, near in Seattle. Uh, it was called the Pot Shop. Clever. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you geniuses! Really put a lot of work into that name, huh?" They got to get stoned before they come up with names for their, their shops. Their logo was a was a circle with like regular block letters stenciled "the pot shop" uh, inside the circle. That was it. Very creative. I've never been to any of these so places. If you're in the area of Rockingham, Vermont. Go visit these guys. They got some good stuff. Do you get a referral good bonus? Stuff. Like one free joint for no, every five people that come in and drop your name. I can get all the weed I want for nothing. Because <laughs> I go see the weed fairy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know what that means or what it's implying. Uh-huh. Uh, well, uh, so, uh, Rob, what do they have there? Do they they have uh, bud? Do they have edibles? Do they got beverages? What do they got? Yeah, they got, uh, you know, bud, and they got some edibles. And and uh, uh, I talked with Dad the pens. owner. I know who the owner is. And I suggested to get some drinks. Okay. You know? Yep, yep. And uh, they're going to try to make that happen. Nice. All yeah. Right. You know, and uh, a while back, you know, somebody gave me a cannabis-infused drink. And so I took a picture of the can, and I saved it. So when I saw the owner, I said, this is the stuff. Bud Weeder? Bud Weeder Light? Um, was it... Uh, <laughs> Uh, watermelon or something like that? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know either. So, uh, there, there's a joke about taking it in the can in there somewhere. Okay. Bud. Weed. Ear. Ear. <laughs> nice. Well, Rob, I hope you enjoy the medicinal and recreational qualities of said marijuana. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully, uh, Hopefully uh, the tax man isn't raping them as much as they are in, well, every other state that has opened uh, recreational marijuana stores uh, because I oh. I know for a fact that, at least in the Washington state area, uh, they are taxed at least one-third at every level. So the grower gets taxed one-third, the distributor gets taxed one-third, and then the retailers get taxed one-third. Uh, well, neither myself nor the weed fairy uh, get taxed. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. Amen to that. Hey, thanks for the call, Rob. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. Let's move on to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? It's your boy. (laughs) How did you not have that caller ID? Uh, Well, it is. He's calling from a different number. He thinks he's clever. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're you're on right now. Clever boy. You're on on here uh, thinks he's clever. From his boyfriend's phone. No, it's your boy, the evolutionary cap. Say, I've been listening to your... Your nonsensical property debate. You know why it's so nonsensical, this debate between uh, rich and uh, the homeless mountaineer? Because, because it doesn't involve evolutionary capitalism. The homeless mountaineer? Wow, that's because, because you're omitting the very two things that are the essence of logic and uh, motivation. It transcends even stupid praxeology. You guys are only... Lay it on us, man. What are the two things? On. What are the two things? You guys are omitting... Profit and evolution, and that's your problem. Because it all doesn't make sense. Defense doesn't make sense unless it's profitable, right? No, not because, everything has to be done for uh, a profit. You, just think about it. On a desert I just island, did. there's no humans, right? Nothing has to be done for profit. Not everything right? has to be done for profit. That's yes, why even in a capitalist system, you have what are known as what, non-profits. Profitability and evolution determine sustainability. 
Like, if you're, like, why would a society defend a property for somebody just because it's a sunk cost fallacy, right? Why would... I don't think you know what that means. This is the second time you brought up the sunk cost fallacy, and I, I still who, think you're using it wrong. Owns it by, would, you, would, you, would you make them stop interrupting? I, don't, I can't the make them do anything. homesteaded something, ex, expended resources to homestead it, right? And that is a sunk cost when you look at the past actions. Of that doesn't mean it's a sunk a cost fallacy. Society for property. Like, be, so, be, because I bought some collectible toys doesn't make it a sunk cost. It just makes it a cost. No, I'm talking about homesteading. I Let's got it. You, Same idea. Mowing the lawn, right, or mowing if, the grass on our right, but that's property. that's not the sunk cost fallacy. That is that is. It is just cost a like cost. You look at something in the back where you look at past actions that you've wasted resources on. It's it right? doesn't matter. That should not determine on what you do in the future. That's not right? the sunk cost so, fallacy. Um, yes, it is. When you uh, forget it, let's just call it a uh, some other type of fallacy then, since you're too ignorant. Okay, it's, it's so not a fallacy. In the past, it's just a cost. Who homesteaded something is nonsensical when you don't look at profit. I would not help you defend that property unless it's profitable for society because uh, you may not like it, but the economy is a collective evolutionary machine, right? It cares about allocating property to those who best use it for society, and you have to grasp that in order to make sense of everything. Yeah. Well, Well, it, it also, again, ignores the fact that some people will like to keep it pristine. I don't, it doesn't matter if you want to keep it pristine. It absolutely uh, does. Evolution only cares about, first, how it goes toward, okay, again, building the perfect evolutionary being. But that's evolutionary profit, right? But no, let's just but say, go on. Let's just use monetary profit as a proxy because it's easier to talk about. I'm not trying to make right? a profit. Society, I'm, try, I'm attributing a non-monetary value to the pristine nature. Yeah, I mean, that's out there. I'm just using. I'm just. You, I'm just. It's. It's easier to quantify when you put a dollar. You can't. On, you you can can't quantify it because it doesn't have a dollar value. You, it is a non-monetary value. It's emotional value. Property, well, that's not necessarily mutually right? exclusive, though. So, like, okay, you like this uh, piece of nature being preserved because, like, it's uh, it's a joy to you to experience. Right now, in theory. There are people that are like you that you could say charge uh, a cost to enter this area because of what an absolutely beautiful area it is. I absolutely could. If you were to do that, if you chose to do that, then we could have someone else who's doing the same thing, and whichever one of you is doing it better will make more money off of offering that. And that would give us a numerical value to that uh, psychic profit, as it were. You, you could absolutely apply a numerical value to it if that were my goal. That is not my goal, and it doesn't have to be my goal. I do not have to own property for the sheer benefit of profit. I can just have the property. Am I muted? Nope. Just ignored. It does, it doesn't, you should be used to that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your psychic profit is. Evolution doesn't care about psychic profit. Objective Actually, it very much does. Then it doesn't apply to this situation. No, evolution very much cares about uh, the uh, psychic well-being of those who are participating <laughs> no, in it. No, it just cares yeah, no. If you are you if you are more mentally healthy, you will be more capable of competing evolutionarily. Say that again. I, says the if guy you with no are kids. more mentally healthy, you will be more capable of competing evolutionarily. No, no. There's a balance. It well, evolution evolution molds your mentality. We are all we all gravit- it molded all pleasure and happiness toward its goal. Would you agree or disagree, Skeeter, that a less mentally capable person 
tends to evolve less than a more mentally capable person? No, not necessarily. So I have the only a, thing I evolving from Skeeter is his ability to mate with the tiles on the shower theory. wall. It's called the parasitic effect or evolutionary compensation. When you, when you have a, a deficiency, evolution kind of compensates by evolving that group faster because it has higher evolutionary pressure on them. Okay, hold on, because so I'm trying to grasp summer, this right? concept. So right now we have a deficiency of quality callers. And so evolution has said that we're Maybe going to have to put you on the air. That can determine that. So I still don't when, know how it applies to my pristine covers, piece that, of property. No, it doesn't matter if you want to keep it pristine or not. Let's say there's the cure for cancer on that, and, and you, but you have to you have to demolish that land in order to get. They it, made right? a movie about that. It was called Medicine Man. I don't care. With Sean Connery. Old, man, you're old. So, like, if you wanted to keep that uh, cancer. Uh, uh, Curing land pristine, society evolution will fight you. Yeah, will they would. Now I'd have to defend it, wouldn't they? If you try to keep that up, uh, land pristine, because the evolutionary profit of destroying that piece of land for that cure is greater than keeping that pristine. I, I mean, you could try to make a case that there's some other, there's some other objective. No, I'd have I'd uh, have to find a way to defend it or pay for its defense. I don't you wouldn't be because all the cancer, Man. all the society would fight you on that to cure cancer. Then I would lose the property. Productivity right. I'm going to challenge the people with cancer. I'm going to challenge and Skeeter you, to come up what's, with what's with a, uh, a thanks for the call. Uh, I'm going to challenge Skeeter if he's still listening to come up with an example that isn't what we call edge or fringe hypothetical. Even even his hypothetical, if all of society is against me, they're going to take the property. I'm not going to be able to defend it. Against all of society. Okay. If I mowed the grass and all of society is against me, I'm not going to be able to defend that piece of property against all of society. Okay. Even though I put a sign up out front that says, grass has been mowed, so please here's, don't steal my property. So here's the idea in this particular example. So let's say that uh, instead of just your version of it, uh, we ha- because yours it cannot be held consistent ultimately. Now, let's say we have something that can be held consistent, and we have a society that believes in the uh, labor theory of uh, property. Like, hypothetically. Hypothetically. Okay. Now, let's say I've, so I've planted this tree that has these cancer-curing properties, but I have chosen not to share m- the fruit of this tree with society because I don't feel like it. Okay. They're going to steal it from you. Maybe. They're going to steal it maybe. from you. No, so not at maybe. That po- no, at that point, they have to make a judgment call of would they prefer to have solid property rights, which allows them to benefit from their own labor, or would they rather have the cure for cancer? They're going to take the cure for cancer. Why wouldn't maybe. they instead try to negotiate? Because well, he already says he's not going to And sell here's it. the difference. This cure for cancer might be withheld from them. But by holding on to property rights, you can find other cures for cancer. Whereas the, if you destroy property rights, then people don't bother to to do things that they would do hey, hey, guess because what? they can't benefit from that labor. Hey, guess what? If they value that anyway, then it doesn't matter if I mowed the grass. They're going to respect that that cancer-curing tree is on my claim. And they're going to leave it be because they value their claim. And it works the same way. Except I can keep my land pristine in my example, and I need to mow my grass in yours. Can one of you guys come over and mow my lawn this summer? Yeah. Call Skeeter. So the difference being, he's got the mouth for it. 
if oh it's a, if it's simply a matter of who changed nature first, then we have an ultimate answer for whose property something is. Whereas if it is simply a matter of who can defend it, that can change from moment to moment, and there's no stability of property. No, the stability is in the claim. If I claim and the it, claim is based on defense, which yeah. changes moment to moment. And so does your mowing the grass. No, if they want someone to take did it, it first, but they're going to take it anyway. Six, it's the sign out front. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More free talk live is coming your way. We've got more stuff to talk about, including the rest of this recap of the anniversary of the insurrection. It's free talk live. We'd like to invite you to visit freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. How come when a girl says the same thing twice, it changes the meaning? You know, like when a girl says, was it a date, date? Yep. Uh, it's different than when a girl says, was Is it a date? date? Uh, it changes the meaning because she said it twice. Yep. Tribute. Do you like her or do you like like her? Tribute to Henry Cho. Anyway, it's Free Talk Live. We were talking about Henry Cho during the break for reasons. We go on tangents. We don't know. Jonely Bonely from Boldly Go. <laughs> And then my guy friend came up to me and said, was it a date date? And I said, yeah, it was a date date. I spent money, money. <laughs> I didn't even get a kiss kiss. Yeah. The telephone number here, if you'd like to join us, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Bigless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, before we go on, I need to tell you that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized, autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash master nodes. The master nodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol, and it's in multi-crypto wallets, too. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. All right, we've got a couple of uh, calls to get to. Let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Are you talking to me? Yes, sir. What's your name? You're on the air. Okay. This is Eric from California. Hey, Eric. And <laughs> I just want to let you know they're play- playing a rerun of your show on our local radio station right now. So much goofing off going on. What's the uh, station? K News 98.5. K News 98. Yeah, it was the... Uh, <clears throat> the show when you guys are talking about hair metal and like the Taco Bell sex party. Wow. That's some time ago, too. Interesting. Yeah. All right. We'll have our wizards uh, check into that. Did you want to talk about anything while we have you on the air? Uh, well, I was kind of wondering, does, 
Do you think it might have to do with uh, when Bonnie had the hot, the hot mic right before the show the other day? Um, I've heard stories about I, this hot mic. I've I've looked into that myself with some other wizards, and you know we've cast the appropriate spells to remedy that. Uh, yeah. However, we do have uh, a, a network that's involved between us and the radio stations as well. So uh, I'm having them deploy some wizards as well as we speak. So I do appreciate the notification. Yeah, no problem. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate you. A lot of screwiness going on tonight. Mm, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And it, elsewhere. It, that's Bill and Ted? Or yeah, that... that's Bill and Ted's Excellent okay. Adventure. Okay, all right. Just making sure I get my cultural reference. Rufus! Right. <laughs> Which uh, is an anomaly, because they hadn't introduced himself yet. Uh, <laughs> let's go to this guy. I believe this is Ricky on the Commonwealth. Thank you there, Brother Captain. Brother Richard, Peakless Mountain there. Good evening. Good evening. Well, I'm sitting here, and it just boggles my mind. Personally... I remember from the beginning, I'd like to know what rock uh, Scuzzy crawled from under. I'd like to see him go back there. I mean, talk about radio you control. This is the truth. You will let just about damn near anybody on there. And I'm tired of hearing his falsities. It's his mom's basement in California. It may be. Oh, I don't know. No, he's the you. kind of guy that grows up to be a serial killer or like uh, the Unabomber or something. Well, then you should really thank us for like helping get rid of that nervous energy so that he doesn't be- go all Unabomber. He's also no, admittedly he's, got he's Asperger's. So He's definitely an angry son of a bitch, and that's the worst thing. Half the time you can't even tell, you know, because he doesn't have a very good grasp of the English language, what he's actually angry at. It's true. Yeah. So anyway, he's, he's got Asperger's though, that, and thinks yeah. he's smarter than everybody else. Oh, and, yeah, I'm sure he does. And, and you know what, that... That's something we should have a whole show on. You know, how who's smarter than Scuzzy's smarter than everybody? How many think that? We could have a discussion about that one. I don't know who he'll call that. But part of the realization he has to, to come to terms with is that if he's truly smarter than everybody else, he's got to find a way to communicate his thoughts better with us dullards. And right, he, like he has failed at that falsity. at every turn. I mean, he might want to look that one up in the dictionary and use falsity, because that's right where it's at he's looking for, you know. And he could benefit from the product of an education, you know. But anyways, that being aside, Richie, you're the one I want to speak to, you know, because I want to fin- finalize this bet. I think we made great progress with Bonnie. I think we can Yeah, we're two for three here. Tonight. So I've been advised by Peakless to just outright accept your third bet. And so I'm inclined to do that without actual numbers and definitions. Because it is technically impossible. So I accept it, your well, third proposition. Plus, plus a third world country is pretty defining, and it's going to be pretty damn well, No, no, that's the thing. Well, don't let him in on the a secret third... now, Peakless. Jesus. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we talked to him about this last week. Like a third world country is defined help. as, so it's not the first world, which is America, and it's not the second world, which is the USSR. That makes it the third world. Right. So America, by definition, family. is going to be the first world. So I accept your five dash. I mean, I could see an ounce of gold for a pack of camel non-filter. That's not the... That's not the that's not that would not make the criteria for America being a third world. I'd, I'd, I'd say it'd be a total disaster. Okay, that's not how we defined it, it before. That, Richie? That's oblivion, brother. Well, we we came to terms with third world. America would be the third world, 
and that's okay. that's the latest part I'm of it. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. Okay, so let's seal the bet there. So I said I'll get that uh, 150, well, uh, well uh, that five, five dash five per, dash. Five so dash, 15 dash. At its current price in, at the beginning of 2025, I said I'll do that. No, 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 not five dash at the current price. No, I, no, at no, the it's five dash. Okay, five dash. Do you ever think about anything but money? Of course I No, I'm Richie that. Rich. That's all February. I think about. I, well, that's the problem. You know, You'd think that Ricky had about. listened to this program often enough to know the answer to that question. No, Richie Rich the only, only thinks about... Whole, well, wait a minute there. This whole land discussion. You know, I'm sitting here wearing my battle flag. There's one thing you're forgetting about, Richie. It's called the Union. I think they take claim to, claim to the land. So in your case, unless Ricky from the Commonwealth blows it away and you move to the Commonwealth, Pennsylvania, I'd say it's completely pointless. Well, no, it's not pointless because part of the claim, part of my proposition, is that those with claim to the land ought to defend it against government imposition. If if I a government agent to attempts to take your land and you don't want them to take it, you ought to don't defend against it. And then we find out whether your claim was valid on yeah. whether or not you're able to defend it. So this five minutes, my claim might be valid because I'm totally capable of defending it. And then five minutes from now, my claim is invalid because I'm unable to defend it. Well, if they take it, then yeah. But then, but again, And then no you, one has any reason to help me get it back because my claim wasn't valid no, when they took it. They absolutely have the, help to help, have the uh, uh, incentive to help you get it back. Because it helps them honor their own claim as well. That's the marauding band that comes through and takes everyone's land is going to be the government, and you, you have to like you have to put up a collective couple. defense against their uh, against their aggression. Well, here's the thing. In all honesty, the fact of the matter is, you know, I have a concern, but it's not much of one because people aren't stupid; they understand. Now, when Ricky from the Commonwealth, as the vessel, blows that damn bitch away, we become the Confederate Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Of course, they're going to want the land, and they're going to come get it. But people aren't afraid of that. I will say in 17, they seem to be a little more leery, a little more guarded. Now people are more apt to talk openly in front of people and be in support of the concept. And I'd say that's very positive. Which concept? Blowing away the U.S. Constitution. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd say that's very positive. You know, I mean, where I do, everywhere I go, I will say they warm up to me because I am the one captain, no doubt. No, I'm the captain. No, you look at me. I, I am the captain. The captain. <laughs> I know you're the captain. You are the captain, no doubt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I'm one of many captains. Uh, I come from a lineage of captains, me? Crunch, Kangaroo, right? You know, Caveman? Caveman. Yeah, these are all, you know, a long, long list of captains that came before me. You know who I don't like anymore? Well, Captain Planet. What a scumbag that guy is. I never liked Turns it. Turns out. Turns out. I never liked it, Richie. I'm, okay. You're, I'm a, well, I you're a smarter you kid than me, then. You did. I can't believe I was you brainwashed you as a child, that, man. Richie. It took some time to overcome that. Yeah, little did I know well, that Captain Planet's ultimate job was just to sell me carbon credits. <laughs> well, that's right up there with the four food groups and all that garbage, you know? Yeah. That was my generation. But the fact of the matter is I'm glad we sealed this bet for 5-dash. It will be there at the beginning to be clear, of 2025. To be clear, 5-dash per, per bet. So g- the national gas average will be $10 or more. will be a minimum of $10. Right, you got to put up 5-dash for that. 
the dollar value of the United States dollar will be effectively zero. Okay, I understand that, okay. Richie. Okay, you want five dash per bet. You're so it's, it's 15 work. total dash, but well, it's, it's not winner-take-all. But it's not winner-take-all. Right. It's five dash per. Okay, so it's going to be each bet. Well, well, if you win the bet, fine. So if I lose right. one, you I can lose one and two. win two. Yeah. Damn it, Richie! So, you're actually sounding reasonable. It, you're starting to scare me. Isn't what? it impossible for him to win both of those two established bets? Yeah, probably. Because but, if right, the dollar the spends for anything, it doesn't matter. Like if the dollar has any value, that would be necessary <laughs> for there to be at least That's ten dollar gasoline. Not really thinking. Whereas Look, if you if you if the dollar's worth nothing, then gasoline can't possibly be ten dollars. Uh, uh, a gallon or more. I have no qualms betting against morons. Can um, one of you uh, either, uh, let's go with Richie Rich, uh, can you, for the people who just tuned in, can you summarize and restate this bet with Ricky from sure. the Commonwealth? So there's five There's five dash. We're going to each put five dash into Peakless's trust. Okay. At, at, the, be- at, the, at the beginning of 2025. Peakless escrow near? Pe- yeah. Yeah. Okay. At the beginning of 2025, um, the 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 national average for gas, like the regular price of gasoline, will exceed ten dollars. At the beginning of twenty twenty five, the uh, the value of the United States dollar, mm. the Federal Reserve note that commonly referred to as the dollar, sure. uh, will be zero. Like it will have zero value. That's that's not true. That's wrong. I said by the end of twenty twenty. Okay, fine. By the, the end of twenty twenty, will go sky high in July. Okay. By the end, of, by the end, so sorry. Okay. By the end right. of twenty twenty five, gas will national average of gas will be ten dollars, or exceed ten dollars. No, 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 no. July, July, Richie, July. All right, you I'll do it then. It. July, July for the gas prices, and then the end of the twenty twenty five. For the dollar, and then the end of the okay. No, that makes more sense. So the by the end of July, okay. gas prices will be at least ten dollars on average throughout July of the U.S. Twenty twenty five now. Yep. Whereas by the end of the year. It'll be zero. It'll be like fall. you just won't be able to buy gasoline with dollars. Okay. Yeah, it won't matter. And then by the end of the first quarter, twenty twenty six, we'll be a third world country. Okay. All right. So, so there's is there three bets or just two? Three separate Apparently, bets for five dash. He wants to do it because he wants to lie in his pockets, but we'll see. He wants to make it up the alley. I'll do it. Okay. So, who is on which side of what? If gas exceeds ten dollars per gallon, yes. I pay Ricky. Okay. I say at least hits ten dollars even. I, I I got you. Go ahead, Richie. Okay. If if the dollar hits zero uh-huh. and you can't spend a dollar on anything, I pay Ricky. Okay. And right. if the United States is a third world country, I pay Ricky. Okay. All right. Yeah. But if gas if the national average for gas is below ten dollars and you can buy anything at the end of twenty twenty five with dollars. Mm-hmm. Right, shopping season coming up. Yep, yep. There's right. one thing you're not thinking And the about. United States is still de- defined as a first world country or a second world country. Right. Yep. Right. As long as it's not a third world why. country, yep. then the Ricky pays me. I put it the way that okay. I did because when the dollar falls, it's going to have a big impact on Dash. Uh, it might, but the, we're only betting yeah. in Dash. So well, and you ought be, you ought when the dollar falls, dash. yeah, Dash will be worth an extraordinary number of dollars. And then yeah. just because I like to complete things, each one of these three bets is five bucks or five, five dash. dash not yes. five bucks five dash, five dash. Got it. which okay. which peakless will, will hold in so trust like yep. a deal. when so does the dash deal. go into the, the trust Remember it, captain put it in your log captain's log as soon as they give it to me <laughs> oh yeah when <laughs> when do each of you put your 
five dash or fifteen dash, I guess. I said before the beginning of twenty twenty five. Let's say around February. I'm pretty sure yeah. that I've already got it. I'm going to wait until Peakless secures Ricky's I dash before I give mine to Peakless. I'll get okay. it. All right. I, I need time anyways. Ball, ball is in your happen. court, though. You ought not take time, Ricky. If your predictions are going to come true, the value of Dash is going to continue to well, rise. Don't worry, brother. I ain't take... And by the way, I've never used cryptocurrency before. This will be the very first time. Okay. Nice. Well, I'm glad awesome. something good comes out of this bet. Yeah, hell yeah. No doubt. This is great. And the not I figure, why not a sponsor? You might as well. Plus, they, they do say it's the best for blind people. And I remember speaking to that man, and uh, it sounds like something that's hip to me, you know, so why not? Yeah, uh, I th- Riley is on, is he on Wednesdays? I, he's on either Wednesday or Thursday, I'm not sure. But he is able to use cryptocurrency uh, mm-hmm. and is a blind man, so uh, he might be somebody you want to uh, ask those questions, like what does he use, what app does he use, and that kind of a thing, uh, to, to yeah, do I his transactions. Yeah, I just do that. So he's he's we pretty know, regular. I'm going to start working that, and but enough you know, about his we'll bell movements. Definitely do it. What's <laughs> well, the deal then? It's done Sorry, deal. that was a really done crappy joke. Made it. Virtual we handshake, Ricky. Made it. it took three calls, but we made it. Well, be- because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm relinquishing the, the the fact that we needed a definition for third world country. I like, think it's bad enough, don't you, Richie? Oh, that's a good question. What is a third? No, world no, country? we're not going to define it because that's where we got hung up last week oh. with Bonnie. Right, right. You can't define it. What's a first world country? The United States of America. That's the only first world country. Per Peakless's definition, and Peakless is going to be the arbiter and okay. trust right. of okay. the dash. It's going to be an I'm economic okay disaster. So then, what's a second world country? On biblical epic proportions, the USSR, like this world has never Russia. seen. What about we like, are going to suffer? What about like we will know, suffer right Europe? If you will, like westernized, you know, I'm thinking Ireland and England. And this is a Spain question for Piglis. Yeah. It is going to be a big, tra- I mean, crypto will go up, but also it's going to be a big problem because you cannot use cash to buy crypto. So it's going to be an interesting experiment right there. Uh, I mean, That's why you got to use cash to buy crypto now while it's still possible. I know, I know, but it's not a very positive future. We're going to have, have a lot of experiments. I mean, oh, I disagree completely. I think this I like is, I mean, it's going to be a rough transition, no doubt. No doubt on the rough transition, but I think that this is the best possible way of getting to a decent future. So well, one of two things is going to happen. Workers. Either the U.S. is still going to be the great superpower or it's not. Now, if it continues to be the great superpower, Power, sooner or later we're gonna have a nuclear exchange because well, this superpower we- goes about seeking enemies to destroy and picking fights with other nuclear powers on the regular sooner or later that will result in a nuclear exchange and at the end of this year we're going to vote in donald trump and by the end of 2025 america will be great again and i'll win the bet. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, I do have all my battle flags, so, you know. Q, I don't is like that you? All of a sudden, Peakless and Richie became comedians during this segment, <laughs> and they're pulling, like, my style jokes? They're like, what's going on here, man? I, I didn't take any cold medication today that I remember anyway. I, this is a little loopy for me. I told you, 2024, no, return no, of the no, MAGA, no, this no. is it. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, Rob's. You know, a new hope. Again. The Empire Strikes Back. Weed, Return you know, of the but, MAGA. What, what's that? Know, what's that, Ricky? You're trying to figure out Rob. Well, Rob gets his free weed. I mean, I mean, how come only Rob? What, what has he got going on there? Okay, like, I, like I don't know the answer to this question, but let's just think about this logically for a minute. Same way Bob Saget got his cocaine. 
He grew oh, it? Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> this is Rob from Vermont we're talking about. Like, it's not Bal I, can, I can make fun of Rob, too. Jeez. Like, if I, if I had no money, but I had some land... And I had some seeds. How could I go about, you know, getting what I wanted? Okay. I could, okay. Captain, don't even make me want to think this way. And it's on the radio, too, so I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, all right, fine. Uh, What else did you want to talk about tonight, Ricky? No, I just wanted to say that I love Brother Ian, and I hope that he, you know, comes back, you know, and he'll be back for 2025 because it was originally him that I spoke about when I made the predictions. I do want to say I did get a chance to speak to him briefly uh, a couple of days ago, uh, albeit I was uh, a little loopy on, on some fresh medication, uh, but he is doing fine. He's keeping himself very busy. Uh, he's got himself a schedule. He's got tasks. He's got, you know, uh, he's like, actually, I got to go, dude. I got something else I got to do. Like, he's going to okay. come out with the best-selling book. Yeah. And he's going to be so, jacked for the first time in his life. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, is he writing book books? Is he, you know, I don't, book books? I, I have no idea. But, like, he's keeping himself busy. Uh, he's staying involved in the, uh, let's call it the day-to-day operations behind the scenes of Free Talk Live somehow. Uh, he's aware of what's going on. He's keeping us abreast of changes that are that are upcoming and, and all like that El kind Chapo of stuff. For free talk it's, live, it's it's the greatest thing, but also the weirdest thing. Uh, and so, uh, but he did say that he has received a bunch of letters from everybody, all you listeners out there who've written to him, uh, and he is very grateful for having received those. Uh, and uh, you know, he loves to receive those as well. He tries to communicate back uh, to everybody, although it does take him a while. Uh, and he also says that sometimes uh, the penmanship of some letters uh, could use some improvement. What a critic. <laughs> well, but you know what? At least we are able to communicate with him. It's not like yeah. he's on lockdown and solitary or something. At least we're able to communicate. And this, you know, that he, you know, we keep rolling this network that he created that is more important than just about anything. Oh, yeah. Because without this network, things wouldn't just be the same on the airwaves, no doubt. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, and that's one of the reasons I continue to sit in this seat. It would have been real easy post-first Fed raid or second Fed raid for Free Talk Live to just sort of be like, well, I guess they put us out of business, or I guess they took out the, you know, the guy who created the thing, and like, oh, you know, it would have been real easy. But I'm not built that way, at least for my part in keeping this thing alive. Uh, To me, Free Talk Live is a beacon of hope in a world of crap. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it, it used to be to me that it was like, oh my gosh, this is how we're going to, we're going to change the hearts and minds of people. But I realize now that that is not the best strategy. The best strategy is not to try and change the hearts and minds of, of the regular people. The best strategy is to simply attract people who have already come to the conclusion that statism is evil and needs to go the way of the dodo. Well, we all love Brother Ian for this wonderful network that he's created, and nobody can say that more than enough on the airwaves. I wonder how that makes Mark feel. <laughs> well, uh, he's the ha- co-owner. He's been on Thursdays pretty regularly, and okay. I'm hoping to have him on uh, on a, one of the weekend shows coming up here pretty quick, so we can I, ask him that I get directly. it. He just gets, like, no credit. Yeah, but how are you supposed to compete with a martyr? Yeah, that's fair. All right. Yeah. He does claim no to be doubt, a, no a king as well. So, okay. Ricky, I mean, he's sort of uh, thank John you for the, the comment. At this point, yeah, so Jesus he deserves gets it? all the press. Okay. <laughs> he is a, a self-proclaimed intergalactic space king. Not anymore. No. Um, I actually took up that title. Oh well, then what is he? Mark is, then? however, an intergalactic space wizard. Oh. 
I really it's it's more democratic. Does he talk I guess. to butterflies? Wizard though, like space butterflies. Space butterflies. I guess so. I'm, you know, in Doctor Doolittle, there's a moth that goes between Earth and the Moon. Okay, those. All right. I guess I'm used to refer using the word wizard in referring to like technician or you know a uh, smarter guy than me. The only butterfly kind of I want thing. to talk to is the one on her lower back. Brittany? <laughs> there, that's a wide variety of selections to choose from, man. I'll take them all. There are so many tramp stamps out in the world. <laughs> just the butterflies. That are just, even just the butterflies. Okay. What about what about if it's on the ankle, though? Because there's a lot no. more of those, I think, than nope. than the, the tramp stamp, the nope. small of the back. No? Nope. Just what, about, s- what about the back of the neck? Nope. Nope. Very, just, I'm very, pe- just the very small peculiar back? on this one. What if it's a large butterfly on the small of the back? That's fine. What if it's a small butterfly, but it's, it's a large the butterfly, but it's a large back? Maybe not. <laughs> Less likely to have a conversation with that butterfly. All right, just check it. Just, but you never you know, know. You know, we got to figure out where the limits always, are. You can't always eat steak. I'm always down for a hamburger. We got to figure out where the limits are. You know, what's the definition here? Right. So you know, if it's on his back, absolutely not. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> No matter what he says. What have we done? We have created a monster. Uh, we still haven't really talked about this uh, article from, where is it from anyway? Epic Times? Oh, the Epic Times. The explainer of the January 6th insurrection. We're still not going to. A coup d'etat. A revolution? Question mark? That first Wednesday in January 2021, however, was none of the above. Dun, dun, dun. We'll talk more about this, plus more of your calls and thoughts and whatever the heck else comes up. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in and listening to tonight's broadcast of Free Talk Live, where we bring you thoughts and perspectives from peace, freedom, liberty. It's a broadcast for the narrow-minded. Maybe. I don't know. Let's work on it. All right. N- narrow band broadcast, okay. not right. narrow mind. Band. All right. Do you, do you prefer your broads narrow? Generally, yes. <laughs> or wide. We've, we just talked about this with the butterflies. Oh, we did, didn't we? It's true. Uh, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Uh, before we go on and get to more of your calls and our stories, uh, you can learn more about the awesome things happening in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are sure to be super helpful, and they're free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. You can visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations, and you can sign up for upcoming webinars for free at Move. FreeTalkLive.com. Thank you, Mark Warden and Porcupine Real Estate. You guys uh, really do have freedom in mind, and thank you for your assistance to everybody who has moved here thus far. I know Mark Warden actually did 
He came all the way out to King, New Hampshire when I was looking to buy. Uh, Mark Edge was kind enough to, you know, go out to look at my first first look, right? The first thing. I'm yep. like, I'm considering this property. And uh, he invited the other. So I had two Marks, which, like, I'm surprised time didn't warp or there wasn't, like, a black hole or something. But I had two Marks. Uh, I was armed with two Marks. In Spanish, that would be, like, Marky Mark. It would. Or Richie Rich. Did you take Richie Rich from Marky Mark? No. Did you get that idea from him? No, I got it from the, the comic character. Oh, okay. But then I changed the spelling for copyright rules. I got you. Yeah. Don't. And I'm not a rapper, so I'm not infringing on that dude's. Got to avoid the man. Uh, at any rate, Mark Warden, while he doesn't do a whole lot of uh, business himself out in the southwestern corner of New Hampshire, he was able to recommend somebody a little more local. Uh, who had over 25 years of experience in the area and was definitely, uh, we'll say, libertarian friendly uh, to to help me in my search. So thank you again, Mark Warden. Uh, we have more to talk about, but first let's go to, I believe this is David Ridley calling. David, you're on the Free Talk Live. Yeah, with the uh, NH exit hearing coming up on January 12th at the State House, mm-hmm. I had a couple of thoughts of how we could improve on uh, how we did last time. Okay. So the the we had good turnout uh, at this you know this this legislation last you know in 2022 that would allow New Hampshireites to vote on New Hampshire independence. Uh, we have a similar bill uh, this you know this session, and um, what, what we got wrong last time was that almost everybody testified about policy, or they just said they didn't like the federal government, but not I don't think any anyone explained how the federal government had hurt them personally. And so state reps want to hear what happened to you, if possible, or at least what happened to someone you care about. Uh, it needs to be personal. That, that's, that's what makes good testimony. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And, and I think you have a good point there. If you can uh, give you know, uh, an example of how you know, some harm, you know, monetary harm, uh, property harm, something like that, uh, came to you as a result of the federal government, I think that'll go far. Or you could explain how you'll benefit personally from independence. Um, but for, what I'm going to do is t- tell them about an incident that happened in 2006 where I went and did a demonstration in a state tax office, a New Hampshire state tax office. Mm-hmm. Then I went and did the identical demonstration, basically, in a federal tax office uh, in, in New Hampshire, but it was federal. Yeah. So the state office, the New Hampshire office, the commissioner came out, shook my hand, answered my questions. The federal office had me arrested. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so all I was doing was, you know, just staying there holding a sign and handing out flyers. Well, it's illegal to hand out flyers no, it isn't. <laughs> under federal law. <laughs> I remember. In the, yeah. In the, in the public, on public federal property. So that just, that just tells, that, that tells you, you know, right there how different the two institutions are, how much more benign the New Hampshire government is, and how much more I'd rather be governed by it uh, than D.C. Uh, so that, that's the kind of testimony. What, you know, what happened to you along those lines with the federal government? How did it hurt you? How did you tell it was different from other types of you know, government? So how else can people help with this? Uh, you know, with, with the testimony? Uh, that and or NH exit in general. I mean, how can, you know, where can people find out more information and, you know, how can they contribute? Well, if you go to forum.chiresociety.com, 
that's where you, you'll see in writing what I'm talking about today. Uh, so that's just the most recent thing. But, um, yeah, forum.shiresociety.com, you can't really go wrong. It's always more updated than, than any of the NHExit websites. And one other thing is if you're going to testify, if you're thinking about testifying or maybe you're even, if you're thinking about not testifying, uh, you don't think you have anything great to say or you don't like speaking, it's still good to go ahead and sign up, you know, sign the pink card, say, or, you know, uh, you know to fill out the pink card that says you want to testify. And then when they call you, you can just say, I support the bill, but I yield my time, you know, and then you'll, you yield your time to, to someone who has to leave early or, or just anyone. Uh, and, and state reps really like that because it doesn't take up any of their time. Okay. What happens with during your testimony against the federal government, the state government realizes that they're doing similar things to you locally. Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, independence is just the freedom to mismanage our own affairs, right? Uh, we'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it. All right. Uh, just to recap here, I, I, what I've got in front of me, David, correct me if I'm wrong, 8.30 a.m. Friday, January 12th, uh, sort of an outside demonstration, sign waving, that kind of thing, followed an hour later by the hearing, and this hearing uh, and a related secession hearing uh, are likely to take up most of the day. Is that right? Correct. All right. Cool. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? That is all, and thank you. Hey, Mr. Ridley, we appreciate your work. Keep it up, man, and keep us informed. Thanks for the call. 603-283-6160. Um, that, uh, that Jason Gearhart, that guy, yeah. is, he's behind this. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I like that dude. I, I like what he's doing. Um, he put forth something, mm, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it was something like, if the federal debt you know, exceeds... And this might be related. Yeah, whatever it is, which is, I mean, it's going to happen like, you know, next week, Tuesday or something. I don't know. Very soon. Pretty soon. But like if that happens, then something gets put on the ballot to decide whether or not uh, the residents of New Hampshire want to secede from the federal government. I I don't generally like politicians. Yeah. So he would fall into that category. Right. Except that he like served time for the whole Ed and Elaine Brown He certainly walked the walk and now he's on a mission. Right. And like, so I extend a little courtesy, knowing I, what he did prior to his life in politics. There are there are a few people around here like that that I extend that courtesy to as well. Santa Nastasso is one of them. Okay, uh, because like I've met these people. I don't know his story. Um, yeah, and, and and it's fine, and you we can talk about that uh, another time. But everybody has to decide for themselves how to contribute to this thing, and. While I have come to the conclusion that it's, you know, uh, in my opinion, uh, it's futile to try and infiltrate the state yep. and change it from the inside, right? Yep. That's, that's my opinion. Now, who am I to say somebody else can't do that? I get it. Right? Like, but I'm, not, I'm not going to I'm not going to ridicule a guy for doing what he thinks is the correct thing or at least at least shining some light on this thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I've always maintained that if you are going to join the mafia, I mean, uh, the government, that the first thing you the first reason you should do it for is publicizing why the state sucks. Yeah. Right. This is one of the reasons why I have respect for people like Ron Paul. Yes, he was a politician. Yes, he had to vote on things. And yes, and he, yes had he had two first names. And yes, he had two first names. But at the same time, like, 
uh, his campaigns brought more people to the cause of liberty and even as far as anarchism, sure. right, than anyone else that I can remember in history. Okay. I think, he, I, again, my, my contention is too many people stopped in politics and didn't make it all the way to anarchism. Right. Because Ron Paul demonstrated, like, a path through politics. And I'm not saying that's what uh, Jason Gerhardt is doing, but I'm also saying, like, he walked the walk yeah. for quite a long time, showed the alternative to politics yeah and did his time for that yeah i would uh i would welcome new hampshire secession that's oh, no that's doubt. where i'm at with it right yep. I, I would welcome it so uh more power to you guys and uh, keep up the work i'm also still hoping that uh the republican party of texas will get out of the way because they got all the signatures that they needed to get secession put on the ballot this year i heard on uh, maybe it was wednesday or thursday uh, they were talking about who do you think is going to secede first oh, new texas. hampshire or texas texas guaranteed because they've uh, already got the signatures well so for one thing and and really the biggest thing is this texans already consider themselves an independent nation they really do think of texas as its own country well i remember growing new up hampshire, and everybody uh, saying that like texas was the only one that had it written in the constitution of texas whenever they were acquired by and the that united states that like they could secede if they wanted to and but, but that, more that, importantly that has proven to be not true that's not actually a, a a true statement there's there's something like that that can kind of you know but it's not exactly a true statement my impression of new hampshire particularly with the free state project was that you couldn't do something like secede uh, with a state the size of Texas, simply because of the sheer population size, that you weren't going to be able to get all of those people to agree, uh, or even fifty-one percent of them to agree to secede. Oh, I whereas, think you absolutely. Whereas, can. whereas with a smaller population, it would be easier to do so. But let's also so, point out that the Free State Project is not as welcomed by the natives as we like to believe it is. There is that, but so uh, in Texas, there's something like seventy percent of Republicans. W- according to polling data, would vote to secede from the U.S. Right. And it's close to half of Democrats. So it is an overwhelming majority of Texans already are in favor of asserting their own nationality. Uh, and with respect to the Free State Project, I realize that, uh, yes, they may not be as welcomed by natives as we like them to be. Uh, and there might be some good reasons for that on an individual basis. However, this state still is the live free or die state. That is correct. And it has some of the fewest laws in the nation. There is a spirit of freedom here amongst the natives that I think aligns very well with libertarian thought. Then, then this should have happened in 2022 when they last proposed it. Well, and well. so that that I think is actually the difference. So, yes, there is a live free or die spirit in New Hampshire. Yes, that is fundamentally libertarian in its nature, mm-hmm. but that's different from having their own culture to the point that they see themselves as a different country. People that live in New Hampshire still see themselves as Americans, right. always have, and until we can change that, they will continue to see themselves as, I mean, I don't, as I don't, a particular kind of I don't know, I don't know that American. that's even true. Like, um, uh, I discovered this band Scissor Fight. Who are from here? Back in the late '90s, they were one of these bands that like nearly got signed. No, not Scissoring, Scissor Fight. Um, they have uh, an album called Granite State Destroyer. Right, the opening track I think is called Granite State Destroyer, and the opening lyric is "Weed, guns, and axes. We don't pay our taxes because we don't exist on any government list." 
Now, this is a, a markedly non-libertarian, non-anarchic uh, uh, outfit, rock and roll outfit, right? They, they're, they're just rock and roll, right? But these are lyrics that came from them. They're all New Hampshire natives, right? So this is art coming from New Hampshire out of like the mid to late 90s mm-hmm. that is libertarian in essence, right? Right. So I, I don't know that there well, so isn't... Look at, look at that exactly. So we don't pay our taxes, but we recognize that you should still have the right to try and tax us. We just won't pay them. So they're still American. They still expect the U.S. to try to tax them Because we fail. don't exist on well, any government well, list? I mean... If, if it was rock and roll in the 90s, it was also likely counterculture, right. which means the That's vast true. majority of people did not share those opinions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, and, and ironically, rock and roll. the problem is Texas might actually become an incredibly authoritarian state in short order after seceding. Oh, yeah. they will be on the like the abortion topic alone. <laughs> oh yeah, on certain topics they absolutely will be very authoritarian. Yeah. Uh, don't don't expect that you can smoke pot without going to jail in yeah. the new Texan Republic. But the uh, the dead fetuses can carry guns. The dead fetuses will carry guns. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be assigned at birth? <laughs> no, no, conception. Oh, okay. First breath. <laughs> conception? Yes. Not really? Somebody's going to go up in there with a little mini... No, anyway. <laughs> that's when it becomes a person, and that's that when it needs far. the right to defend its life. <laughs> so, yes, it will be mandatory uh, gun insertions for all pregnant women. Um, there's also, there's imagine, also a though? big difference between taking a life... And letting a life expire when it comes to that debate as well. Can you imagine, though? Like, I've, I've always maintained that um, it's easy to prove... I let your life expire as I choked you. It, it, it's easy to prove that government does not care about you. Right? Very easy. Right? Yes. Uh, because if government did care about you, the very first thing it would do, like, like military uh, strategy 101, right, uh, is... Arm you. Y- you can't... Like, the hardest place to take over is a heavily armed population, right? So if the government cared about you and was worried about some other country coming in and taking over their turf or whatever to tax you instead of them, right, the first thing they would do is arm you. So much so that they would make it mandatory for you to be armed. They would give you guns and ammunition. Like they gave the Ukrainians to defend against the Russians. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. It's the first thing you do when you are defending a territory is to arm the population that's in that territory. So they obviously don't care about you, and they care about you even less because of all of the things they're trying to do to disarm you. Yep. So uh, it's very easy. So can you imagine, though, like, let's just say Texas does go first, right, for hypothetical example. Sure. And then all of a sudden Texas is like, all right, it's a law of land. Every man, woman, and child gets a firearm. Here you go. They're going to they're gonna have to defend a war on two fronts. Which fronts? The Mexican invasion and the Americans trying to take the Texas back. Would their people be really trying to take it back? I don't know. Like, Yeah, who, who would want that? You think, you again, this is something that comes up all the time. Do you think the United States federal government is just going to let Texas go? Yes. Okay. 100%. All right. Well, consider this. Right now, we're sort of at this point where there's the Texas and Florida side. Texas is pretty well armed. I got it. Well, no, I mean, like, democratically speaking, and like with the laws and everything, with the culture, there's sort of Texas and Florida on one side and New York and California on the other side. Okay. So if Texas secedes, 
it will just be New York and California. Okay. And there are a lot of people that very much want that. All right. So, yeah, no, there's a really good chance that they will just let them go. Also, they're really well armed, so it's like not worth trying to take them over. Uh, unless you can get them fighting on the other side as well, right? That's that two front, two front theory. Yeah, two fronts is not wise, uh, just from a... They're already trying to keep the Mexicans out. They're yeah. fighting the border wall thing. Dude, there's already more Mexicans in Texas than, I mean, really anywhere. Maybe California. I get it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that would actually solve their border crisis. Okay. Uh, all of the Mexicans who are currently crossing in Texas would just move to, like, Arizona because they want to get into the U.S., and if Texas is no longer part of the U.S., where they have a welfare state, because believe me, Texas as a republic is not going to have a well, welfare state. Texas is smart. They just take everybody that's there illegally and be like, poof, you're a citizen. I, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how well thought out this theory is, but I have had it proposed, right? Like the, the Mexicans that enter in Calif- enter into California and all the other states yeah. consider themselves Mexicans. Yeah. And the Mexicans that enter into Texas consider themselves Texans. Right. So. Right. Hmm. Maybe they have an ally. I mean, Maybe. like... It, They're still trying to keep them out, currently. In my brain, I hope that that's how it turns out. I think that if Texas does secede, that they have an enormous resource in front of them, a human resource, that is, the Mexicans who want to come over. The that Mexicans won't take the welfare, because they won't right, have it. Right, uh, and And the ones who want to work to make a life for themselves, right? And they're willing to do so, right? Those are the people that you welcome. Yeah, and the conservative leanings of Texans is perfectly in line with the catholic leanings of mexicans yeah so they very may they they, it may very well be the opposite of a two-front war all right like in fact they might be such allies with mexico that it helps defend them against the u.s even trying (laughs) to to invade that would that would be amazing that would be i hope that happens i mean best case scenario for sure yes you know absolutely and and man that would warm my heart to see something like that. I think that there know? is a lot more cultural commonality between Mexico and Texas than between Texas and, say, California. Oh, yeah. Well, certainly. Then, then why are the people in Texas so, like, hell-bent on keeping out the Mexicans, then? The welfare. Yeah. Is that the only thing? I, I swear to God. But if, if the ones, just, come, well, if the ones two, coming in aren't getting things. on the welfare, though. It's two things. One of them one of them is the welfare, and the other is the uh, the political shift. Okay. Yeah. I, I swear to God, if welfare was just gotten rid of, the whole immigrant thing goes away. Everybody's problem with it goes away. Because if, if welfare just doesn't exist, there's no problem. Yeah. Yeah, Same that way. would be the actual solution. Yeah. It, well, it, it's why it's so irritating to me to hear someone who is ordinarily fairly rational, say Molyneux, for example, who goes hardcore on the, no, we got to build a wall, and that's why we got to support Trump, instead of... Taking the principled position of no, what we have to do is end the welfare state. Right. Uh, there is concern on the conservative front that the open borders are letting in terrorist sleeper cells, and they will just heighten that propaganda. How many how many Hamas people have gotten in through the open borders so far? Like there are people concerned about that now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. So if you get rid of the welfare state, they'll still they'll still hammer on. You got to close the borders because you're landing terrorists. I mean, I, 
that's a whole other thing. But it I don't is, think but I don't those think shift the propaganda. I don't think shift. I don't think that that issue is as wide as the uh, welfare issue. It will be if you if you solve the welfare issue, that will be the problem. Uh, that's true by default yes but I, I still don't think even if they propagandize that thing to its fullest extent i don't think it'll ever grow to the largest of the welfare problem oh okay. you haven't paid attention to local texan politics they are really no. really really focused on the muslim threat like seriously they they are largely convinced that there is a communist muslim alliance that is a very existential threat to them 603-283-6160 is the phone number if you'd like to join the conversation tonight. Who do you think will secede first? Texas? New Hampshire? Oregon? South Dakota? Nebraska. Hawaii? Nebraska? Let us know. Long Island? Alaska! We don't, we don't know. Give us a call. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. We have, uh, we have a pretty good name here to, to mention. Oh, so you're already chuckling at I'm, the live read? I'm already chuckling at, at the live read. I am. It's true. I picked it up and I, I laughed. I've I've read this person's name before because, I mean, I've been doing this thing for like four-ish years now. Okay. I think my five-year will be on like September or something. Uh, I, oh, we got to talk about that. Not your not your end. Like my anniversary is always marked by like Super Bowl Sunday. Oh yeah, that's and right. I don't know when Super Bowl Sunday is. Just February something or another. Okay, but yeah. I may want to, you know, be on to but it, celebrate. But it has moved. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, because they care. expanded the season by like an extra game for every team. So I okay. think it moved like two weeks. I don't know. I have to look it up. I mean, I'm, I don't know the exact date. I mean, I could look up the exact yeah. date, but I've always marked it as Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, that's All my right. free talk anniversary. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, and, so and that's we will your talk about basis it. of time. For this show, is yes. Is what the NFL says. Yes. Huh. Well, at least to mark his free talk alive anniversary. I mean, it's less unreasonable than saying that the president can decide when for, uh, uh, daylight savings time gets shifted to. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. Uh, it is Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Before we go on, I have to say thank you to Alex Weed. <laughs> Chuckle. Uh, Alex Weed is a uh, platinum level amplifier. What does that mean? 25 bucks. 25 bucks a month Alex gives to Free Talk Live for the purposes of advertising, marketing, promoting, and supporting this radio program. Alex enjoys the hosts, the co-hosts, the topics, the callers, the perspective that we bring to the airwaves of freedom, liberty, and prosperity. So much so that he thinks... Uh, it is the best use of his Liberty Dollar to give that to us so that we may get this program onto more radio stations. We're currently on somewhere between 180 and 200 stations at last count. Uh, we could be on more. We could be on 250, 300, 350, not out of the question. It's all up to you. If you find value in what we do, if you love this program, if you like the hosts, the co-hosts, and the perspective we bring, please consider becoming an amplifier at Amps. 
amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Alex Weed. We appreciate you. And if we're on more radio stations, then we don't have to put the same show on the same radio station twice at the same time. <laughs> we can distribute yes. that more equitably. Yes. Uh, let's go right away to your calls and thoughts. We have Dana calling from Michigan. Dana, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, this comment, can you guys hear me? Because I got a dead spot in my house. I, I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, this is for Peakless. Um, you were talking about secession. Uh, Texas seceding, and then the possibility of them t- turning authoritarian after they seceded. And the example, the first thing out of your mouth was uh, their attitude towards abortion. Um, I might have brought I that did, up initially, I but I'm, yeah. Well, let me let me finish. So, okay. what's more authoritarian than taking someone else's life? That is exactly what Mao did, Stalin, Lenin, Pol Pot. United I States. I could go on and on. And even, even you guys claim U.S. involvement and innocent civilians uh, being killed in the different wars that we have participated in. Yep. I think that that is so antithetical to libertarianism and conservatism I think you guys need to focus outside the womb first and fix those problems before you decide to start sucking the life out of women's wombs. Sure. Like that's that's reasonable until you read stories okay. about until you read stories about an unviable fetus uh that Texas won't let be removed from the woman even though it's going to turn into nothing. It will be born still. It's causing her medical complications, and they have medically kidnapped her by not allowing her to even leave the state where she can go get a medical procedure to remove the unviable fetus. Right? Like, okay, that's authoritarian. So my response to that, my, no, my response to that is, uh, apparently, you haven't read that she did leave the state, she was not kidnapped, and there were multiple doctors that came forward said they had successfully treated, I think it was trichomy 18 or something like that, successfully treated that, and both men and, or not men, boys and girls are living full, healthy life. She wasn't even willing to try. Okay. To, to have the baby and have it treated. And I think, uh, Dana. Guys, I, these are world renowned. Let me finish my sentence, Captain. They're world renowned uh, 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 doctors that specialize in this, and she wouldn't even try. You know what? That's why they call it faith. You've got to put it in a higher power. Either you believe or you don't. But I don't want to argue. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. You you want to bring up faith. You want to bring up a higher power. Let's talk about the Bible. Now, the Bible puts a very specific difference on what you do to someone who kills a baby versus what you do to someone who causes a woman to miscarry. So in your basis of faith, they still discern between a fetus and a baby. Before we go getting upset about... uh, things and definitions and whatnot uh, it is a little bit hyperbolic dana 
for you to uh, tell us that we are uh, attempting to legislate people's wombs. Nobody in this room uh, is in control of anybody's womb. None of us are removing uh, fetuses from wombs or anything like that uh, ourselves. Did I say that? Uh, You insinuate it. You insinuate it. You said before you go uh, deciding on what does and doesn't get removed from women's wombs, you should blah, blah, blah about yourself instead. So that is what you said. No, that's not what I said. I'll repeat what I said. Okay, go ahead. Before you involve yourself in someone's womb, why don't you focus on the problems we have outside of the womb? I didn't say anything about getting in the, uh, uh, removing anything or you ending life. I said before you get into the womb. It wasn't I, but Peakless. That brought up abortion. Actually, I didn't thing. bring up abortion. And that that wasn't my go-to. My go-to, that. like, again, people can't tell the difference between Richie Rich and me. And it's <laughs> well, really becoming maybe a problem. Rob is really on your side. Then <laughs> it's really becoming a problem. Uh, I brought up cannabis. Now, at the moment, they are somewhat limited on what they will do to you for possession of cannabis if they become a republic of their own. That will skyrocket. They will absolutely become terrifying to the people who choose to have the wrong flower. Yeah, what we were trying to get at, Dana, was we were trying to objectively... I was watching you guys. I know who said the example. It's the long-haired guy with the beard. (laughs) Right, yeah. Well, that excludes me. I know who you guys are. (laughs) I was watching you, and I've watched you before. What I'm saying is... The first thing he used about authoritarianism was abortion. The second example was immigration, and he got off abortion. I know what I heard, but more importantly, I know what I saw. I was watching you, Peakless. I'm just mad as hell that you guys went there. That makes me mad because that is so you could be mad all you want okay. about it. Do That's you believe what Texas this is going to do. Do you believe that people should be put to death for abortions? No. That is what that. they will do when they become their own country. They will put people to death for murder, for causing abortions. That is what they're going to do with that I, power. I don't believe they can get And you're naive. Okay. Well, hey, no, Dana, not, thank you for the call. We do appreciate you. Uh, 603-283-6160. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, none of us were talking about what we're going to do or what we do. We were, uh, we were putting forth a hypothetical of what might happen or prediction or prediction, even what might happen when Texas secedes based on its current political climate. Christian conservative values. Forget about it. You're not, like you said, you're not going to get your drugs. You're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get your women's rights as far as abortion is concerned. Yeah, there will be absolutely draconian sentences for owning the wrong flower if they get that level of autonomy. Amongst other things. Now, on the bright, I mean, it's not all bad. Uh, there will probably be much better uh, gun ownership laws than currently exist there. Um, there will be a lot of positive changes, I'm sure. But they will also be very likely to go very authoritarian on social matters. I would love to see uh, all of the states secede so that we can have what I like to call uh, the beginning of a political market. The market for freedom, if you will, does exist. 
And when states start having to compete with other states for their citizenry, right, i.e., provide the most amount of goods or services for the least amount of taxation, stuff like that. Once that begins to happen, right, once that competition kicks in and these states have to compete with each other, then reduction of the government to zero becomes almost inevitable. I mean, there's like 180 countries, man. Don't you already have that? Is that not enough competition for you? No, because they don't act competitively. The, the Okay. And you... And you, so you think with 50, you add 49 new states that all of a sudden there's going to be competition in the market? I do. Okay. It, yeah. it adds that much more competition. Yes. Well, you got 180 competitors now, and you're saying they're already in collusion well, and not if acting you, competitively. So if you just look at uh, America's history, when there was a less developed federal government, there was a lot more difference from state to state. I got it. And because of that, there were a lot more possibilities being explored. I mean, hell, even when I grew up, man, like when I was 12 or something, the drinking age in Wisconsin was like, I think it was 18. I got it. But like across the border, it was 21. No, I I understand what you're saying. And that's just recent history. There's a lot of countries in Europe. There's a lot of countries in South America. And let's just take it to, hang on, on, Pete. There's a barrier to entry for that, though. Okay. Let's just take. An example of today. Why is the Free State Project attractive to people? I don't know. It's not the women. Okay. It's because they have selected a state that most, you know, it, the one state that most represents libertarian values. That is I New Hampshire. But, right? That makes it attractive. That is competition, right? New I Hampshire. I understand that. And so we already have this in a small small way once you get the federal government out of the way the states are then free to become more different from each other i got instead it. of homogenized because the federal government does things like holds your road money hostage if you don't conform how is that competition any different from any other country in europe or any other country in africa or any other because country in south america huge, because there's a huge cultural barrier to entry okay by not speaking the same language by not having remotely similar customs so they're you not can't... competing for they're not competing for citizenry they're not competing for English-speaking citizens of this general culture. So, okay. like, if I drop you off in Kenya, you will not get along well. You don't speak the language. You don't know what's expected of you. You won't get along with the people there. Okay. Now, if I drop you off in Connecticut, you might be upset, but you're not going to starve. Okay. If you if you drop me off in England or Ireland or Scotland, I speak the language. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have the same accent. Right. You you speak they're, the. They're not competing. Drop me off in right. Ireland, at least for a while. No, I would absolutely say that at the moment, uh, England and America are very strongly competing over uh, to to the extent that they are different. Okay. They compete over English speaking people. Okay. To the extent that the United States would be a much different uh, multicultural uh, conglomeration of geographic areas without the federal government, uh, the European Union would be the same without, well, the European Union. Okay. Right. So all of those countries would be less homogenized than they are because they also have the equivalent of a federal government over them. Well, that's relative in history, that's relatively new still exists i got you but so before that they weren't you're saying they weren't competing for citizenry like across 180 countries they want you know maximum citizen citizenry the governments want maximum taxation amongst that population but right now they won't compete and if we just eliminate one of those and replace it with 49 new ones 
all of a sudden we have this increased competition in the marketplace? So if you, for yes, countries, yes, okay. And if I you say that, that that's I, fine. No, I say that because government is the opposite of competition. Well, but you're going to have 49 new governments. It, it disincentivizes competition. Then, then why would you introduce more governments? Well, the same amount of governments would exist. We'd be eliminating one. No, on, you'd have 49 new countries on the world stage. Well, those 49 <sighs> okay, this countries get, okay, already guys, exist. This is getting into semantics. So, yes, you are eliminating one federal government. Right. And there are currently 50 state governments. Right. Whether or not that counts as a government is really subjective. It's going to if they're now their own country on the world stage. Yeah. I mean, to that so, extent. I mean, so basically his question seems to me to be, uh, how is it going to improve matters when you are increasing the number of national governments? Because national governments have really been a problem. And, you're all, uh, and uh, also to the problem is of the 180 governments currently in operation yep. allegedly are not competing for citizenry. But these forty nine will. That seems that seems like a bizarre claim and a stretch, because either all governments do want to compete for citizenry and maximize their taxes, or they don't. Right. Right. That's what, if that's what governments do, then the hundred and eighty should already be doing that. You're, and if they're not, governments then, do not want to compete for citizenry. Then why would these forty nine new governments do? So I, I I I disagree. I think that the hundred and eighty governments are currently competing for citizenry. It's just that that's not a major priority. Okay. Whereas, right, you're right. In, it's not they're they're not driven by market forces, right, so that not is their, not a driver. Right, it's not a primary driver. Right. Yeah, and, and the same would hold true for your forty nine. Right, and well, no. So a big part of it is the the difficulty of transition. So having the same language, having the same culture, more or less. Having uh, just being connected by land so that you can just drive there as opposed to having to cross an ocean is actually a pretty big difference. Like if I wanted to move to England, that is way more difficult than leaving New England. Okay. It also gives the opportunity, right? Like there's an opportunity there for some things to happen, for States to differentiate themselves one from right. another and that kind of thing that they don't mm-hmm. currently have the option to do. I guess if you limit it to the English speaking world, fine, but I'll go back to my example South America, Africa, Europe, right? There, there's some homogeny there in language in each geographic area. Mm-hmm. So they ought to be competing the same way you think the states will be competing. But what I've heard so far is that they're not. I, I, I can't speak because I'm not uh, educated on that particular area okay. of the world. Uh, you know, most of my life has been spent in the United States. All right. So I, I'd say there know. is definitely some competition from country to country in South America over population. All right. Fair enough. And also like, just even like having moved here from, you know, Washington state, right. I'm so glad because my advantages here are significantly more okay. than they were there. And that's with a federal government. Now, uh, you know, am I a, a unique, uh, you know, thing within that? Perhaps. Perhaps I've I've taken advantage of the arbitrage between states, right? I've I've gone from you know one state that was uh, more authoritarian by far to one that is less authoritarian by far, uh, you know, with regarding you know taxes that kind of stuff uh, and the amount of laws and that kind of thing. But to me, that's important. So I'm going to obviously be driven towards something like that. To me, that's a primary driver, more freedom. Now, not everybody has that as their personal primary driver. Some people care about climate. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to 
California, right. where there is no freedom but great weather. Right. Well, in, in that in that case, then what does if you can already do that as far as the states competing already, right? The weather, the freedom, whatever. Oh, it just steps up the level of competition because of how much they are forced to be similar right now. Okay. So uh, I I think you're right that the the existing nations do compete with each other for population on some level. Okay. And yeah, 179 countries is going to be less competitive than 180. 180 is going to be less competitive than 181, and 220 is going to be more competitive than 190. Right. Okay. But the the original claim was that they're not being competitive now. So if we reject the original claim and say that, you, well, for what you said, Peakless, that they are being competitive, then fine. It follows. They, I mean, by default, they have to be slightly competitive, I guess. Okay. Right. Right. But they would be more competitive had they been left alone by the federal government. Okay. Right? And so because the federal government is attempting to homogenize or make everything the same, mm-hmm. right, uh, we have less competition between the states. Mm-hmm. So if the states were, get this, more free to compete with each other, we would get more competition. Yeah. And the same thing does exist on the nation level, just with organizations like the World Bank and the IMF. Okay. So they homogenize different countries so that they are less distinct from each other, so that there is less of that arbitrage opportunity for someone who wants a particular thing in their culture. Got it. Again, if you change the original claim, I'm fine. Okay. Right. All right. Good enough. Well. Well, we still got to fill like a couple minutes of air here. So <laughs> let's talk about the insurrection. Let's go. Let's go back this over is to this insurrection article. day. We haven't done any of it. It's true. Uh, defining let's celebrate. Defining and understanding Lots that pop pops that historic day requires solid information, full context, and willingness to look beyond the narratives that began before January sixth was even a few hours old. January sixth is a much larger political and societal movement designed to usher in a quote new America unquote according to Victor Davis Hanson. An American classic, classicist, huh? okay, military historian and political commentator at the Hoover Institution. I heard the Hoover Institution really sucks. Yep, you get it. Are we are we gonna have like J sixers? Is that gonna be like a thing? Yeah, I was a J sixer. Oh yeah, back in dude, like back in twenty one, man. Like they even they even like the FBI sent people out to find people who demonstrated on January sixth, not in D.C. Yeah. So if you demonstrated at I don't know the New Hampshire Capitol wow. or whatever other other places your your local town hall or whatever it is, right. like they sent FBI agents out to find these people. I get it. So this I've, I don't we don't have much time for yeah. me to bring this up again, but this is part of the reason why uh, collectivizing the enemy has to be a thing because they what the what the state will do is just this. They will allow you to have your protest mm-hmm. collectively, do all that you want, and they will pick off every individual singularly right, yeah. along the way. Right. And so there's no collective defense when they're knocking on your door, right? Like you, you had your fun at the protest, but now you're going to get arrested and there's no one going to be around to support you. Well, and, and so this communities is what... need to stick together beyond that. 
And this is the effect of having a uniparty. So if there was an actual tangible difference between the Democrats and the Republicans, then the Republicans would shore up their ranks when they got individually picked off. For example, when the guy with the uh, bison uh, hat... Shaman. Yeah. When the QAnon shaman got arrested, if the Republican Party had, had been different... Re- realistically yep. from the de- if the two parties had been realistically different the republican party would have jumped to his defense and said no he's one of ours yep. you can't come after him hands off but they have been completely identical to the democratic party for so long that there is no collective defense i'm aware why does january 6th matter january 6th and its aftermath had a broad impact on american society The U.S. Department of Justice, DOJ, and the FBI launched an unprecedented use of federal power that, while currently wielded against people right of center, could easily be unleashed against any group. You don't say. The January 6th investigations and prosecutions have raised serious concerns about due process, pretrial detention, jail conditions, equal protection under the law, and, perhaps most significantly, First Amendment guarantees any group that protests will be picked off individually later and i think the biggest thing about january 6th is it's a difference of how people perceive the event regardless of the information and the same thing happened with covid if you were on this team no matter what information you got presented with you were going to believe the same thing because it became an article of faith and for the people who are on the left january 6th was an insurrection and no data will possibly convince them otherwise yeah they've Again, they've taken this word and applied it to something that doesn't fit the definition. Well, and preventing Donald Trump from running for president in certain states. But yeah, they think it was an attempted overthrow of the government and no data will convince them otherwise. We're out of time. Thank you to all of our callers. Thank you, Peakless. Thank you, Richie Rich, for joining me tonight. If you missed any part of tonight's show, go find the archives over at freetalklive.com. Thanks and peace. want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime our friends at porcupine real estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by new hampshire citizens reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com